Hello everyone, I'm Alex and I'm here with my husband Shane. Baby Lou is in bed, the cat is in her room. And baby Betty is right in front of us. <laughs> and we are so glad that you could join us for Happy Hour on This Family Tree, episode 46. On This Family Tree podcast, episode 46. But that's okay, Alex. I know you have baby brain. Oh, I've got baby brain. I'm exhausted. And uh, we'll leave it there for now because this is... One heck of an exciting episode and a great episode for somebody that has baby brain because we are talking to two of the OG mom influencers, essentially. Yeah, it's the OG mom influencer episode. Yeah, so first of all, which was one of the best conversations we've ever had, was with Heidi Murkoff. You may or may not recognize her name, but she wrote the book, What to Expect When You're Expecting, which is basically the Bible of pregnancy. It is. Yeah, it might have outsold the Bible, actually. <laughs> I know it's on the top 25, but that's... Hey, quiet down. Uh, this interview is quite a while ago, but I, I remember being like, oh, you sold 23 million. Sorry about that. Um, but yeah, I was mentioning like how she'd sold like 23 million. And she's like, it's actually 27 now. I was like, ooh. <laughs> she keeps the updated stats monthly. But honestly, it's one of the biggest baby brands there is because not only does she do the what to expect when you're expecting but she does what to expect when you're having twins what to expect in the first year what to expect when basically whatever and it's not just a book but there is a huge forum on the internet that i somehow find myself on every single day with a new baby and it's just have you read what to expect while you're boating it's actually very underrated so while you're boating like i'm kidding alice (laughs) I was just acting like she has what to expect for anything. (laughs) (laughs) Everything's gone by me, but that's okay. What's new? Uh, And secondly, we have Maya Vorderstrass, who, again, whether or not you know her name, you have seen her influence if you're on Instagram, if you're on social media, because she is the creator of the mom letter board. She, was, she started kind of consolidating her experiences in pregnancy and in motherhood on these letter boards in short quotes, which They're took, basically funny sayings, though. Mostly. Yeah, but it's you can't go on Instagram as a pregnant woman and not see, you know, 100,000 people, including myself now, as per our strategy, holding one of these things. Yeah, and we, when we talked to her, you were under... 10,000 followers and we were desperately trying to get 10,000 followers through these signs (laughs) and uh you know it it happened it happened I don't know if it's because of the signs but I I definitely think it's because of our pregnancy strategy oh 100% so Shane up top pregnancy strategy worked out we are at 10.7 as of this episode which as you guys know if you're avid listeners All we really wanted to do was swipe up to our own podcast, and now we can do that, and it feels so good. we wanted to do it honestly. Like, I mean, really, your engagement on your page is so good. We could have probably purchased (laughs) 50,000. Honestly, though, we we could have purchased 50,000 followers and, you know, tricked people into thinking we were at that level because you have a good level of engagement. But it wouldn't feel right, and we wouldn't be motivated to keep posting Mm because it is a fun game and a motivating thing and when you have that carrot dangling over you yeah so my goal for our our account was to reach 10,000 followers by the time we gave birth to Betty yeah so we were like 700 away uh, right before you were about to give birth and Betty was coming a week and a half early so it seemed like it wasn't going to happen 
But then I said, what if we not live stream the birth, but document every little element of the birth? Because one, that's that'd be very helpful for women who maybe are a little bit scared to give birth or unsure of what the process is going to be like. Mm -hmm. And I know you pop out babies pretty easily so it's also going to be reassuring to see hey birth might not be as bad as you think yeah but we pretty much did that the first time with lucy uh just without obviously filming like the epidural and things like that we didn't but stream we... it at all with we never even showed uh lucy coming out of your vagina no no not until not until later we didn't do anything for yeah your account yeah we we did average posts that you might see from <laughs> any account though the thing is, though, we've leveled up, I think, and we've gotten so much more comfortable talking to camera and doing things like that, that it was just such a natural progression to do that as well. Like, it wasn't so... I just, from my perspective, I didn't feel that it was so plotted out, I guess. I just thought it was just something that we both knew was going to happen. Okay, yeah, and it worked. <laughs> we... Well, it, it was as live stream as you can get without you know, getting every little gory detail or totally pissing me off that we could get. I think we did such a good job of it. But then it actually happened. <laughs> it was like a mirror. I don't know what was better, getting the baby that day or hitting the 10 Gs. You know, I, I think since it was a second baby and it's not as exciting to have a second <laughs> baby, like let's let's be honest here. It was the 10 Gs. No offense, Betty. I know you're right there, but... Moving on, uh, we do have drinks in front of us. We do. Okay, so Shane, this is exciting. This is our seed lip cocktail for the night because although I have had the baby, I'm not going to get bombed right away because got to wake up so much. Gotta Speak for her. yourself. <laughs> but uh, so tonight, anyhow, we are drinking our new bottle of seed lip. We have Garden 108 with us, and it's the most ginny of all the seed lips, I think. And it's not Garden 108. Garden 108 is the name of the drink. No, Garden 108 is the bottle. And so we're drinking the Garden 108 East Side is the name of the oh, drink. Oh, okay. So Garden 108 is Shane's hands down favorite bottle of seed lip. I go between the Spice 94 and the Garden 108. But anyhow, this drink, Shane, if you'll pick yours up and give me a clink, is supposed to be one of the most refreshing drinks out there. Who told you that? The little thing at the, the top of the recipe, I'll read you what it says. It's kind of interesting, actually. It says, there can be a 20 degree difference between the inside of a cucumber and the actual temperature outside. This is thought to be where the phrase, cool as a cucumber, come, came from. Comes from. Came from. It's came from. <laughs> came from is how people say it. Let's have a sip. I'm. And, yeah. Well, here's the thing. So this is a cucumber and minty and limey drink. I think you're going to love it. And it has been so friggin' hot all week that it is just what the OB ordered. Okay. Kind of Pregnancy-related. Yeah, no, it's good. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. See, what I love about the garden is mm -hmm. it's definitely, the out of the, the three flavors, I find it's the most like an alcoholic drink. Yeah. If I didn't know better, I would think that you actually accidentally put alcohol in it. Well, it just, the garden packs such a punch, which is what I love about it. It's like, we are just drinking it with lime juice and cucumber and simple syrup and a couple other items, which I will put up, right? I can guess. Say that? <laughs> I think that's okay. And a couple other items that I we will. We might have to bleep that, actually. <laughs> and a couple other items that I will post my stories. But honestly, like we've had this with tonic, we've had it with soda, and no matter what we pair it with, it is just, it's so good. It tastes alcoholic. 
and it's just so refreshing. I agree. But yeah, let's get Wait, Shane, is this your favorite cocktail of the three that we've had? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Can we get into the episode? Girls drink obsessed. Let's get into the episode. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome baby Betty to the set because she is here drinking milk from my breast right now as we speak. And, you know, we're going to try to keep her... Quiet? Yeah, we're going to try to keep the peanut gallery quiet. But if she does make a cute babble, it might make the cut. So, baby Betty, welcome listeners. Glad you guys could finally meet. Nice. Okay, so let's talk about the pregnancy itself. Answer me honestly. Okay. You drove yourself to the hospital. I drove myself to the hospital. Yes. It felt That's way not m- the question. Okay. <laughs> That's not a question at all. <laughs> you give Alex an inch, she will take a mile. Answer me honestly. Okay. You drove yourself to the hospital. Were you embarrassed by that? Honestly. Oh, no. Why would I be embarrassed? I don't know because I, I storied it. I took like I took an Insta story. Right. And you're like, no, no, don't post that. I'll I'll do something with it later. Save that video. And then, of course, you never did anything. Oh, with probably because I just felt weird because you started filming me. But it's not because I felt embarrassed. I'm about... always filming you. I'm an Insta husband. <laughs> this is BS. No, I, I didn't. I didn't feel embarrassed at all. It's it was uncomfortable for me at that point in my pregnancy to sit in the passenger seat, and. It was just, it's easier to drive and to know when the bumps and things like that are coming so you can brace for it. Yeah. And plus, I just know how to get there so easy. It's It was like just easier all around. Were you embarrassed? Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, just because people see a big belly, they assume you're pregnant, which you are, and they would assume a man should be driving a woman to the hospital to give birth. Yeah, well... Things are a little backwards at our house. And our neighbors are always sitting on the porch, and I think they might think I'm a deadbeat loser type of person. It's all those tattoos, isn't it? No, a lot of tattooed dudes could probably drive stick shift, and I can drive stick shift, actually, but people <laughs> wouldn't think, by the way, you drive the majority of the time. So, yeah, so we get to the hospital. My parents had Lou, and... Pretty much the second they walked in, that we walked in, they were ready to go. Like, they had the room waiting for us. Which is, I have to say, the best part of that whole experience is to go into the delivery room. Because it's nicer than the room they put you in after. It's nicer than our house. (laughs) It was awesome, really. And it was just so big. You got a big bathroom. And everything in it is just like kind of like shiny new hospital equipment. So that was nice. They put us in the room. And immediately started giving me saline to hydrate me and then hooked me up to the Pitocin machine, the oxytocin. And that every half hour gets turned up by two notches. I'm not exactly sure what a notch is, but it gets turned up by two and it goes from zero to 20. When you get to 20, your contractions get so strong that you're likely going to be fully dilated at some point. And the contractions start around uh, 12 to 14 notches. So they hook me up. It's slow. And it's easy for the first while that we were there. Like, we were having a ball. I know you do accidental puns, but you were literally bouncing on a ball. Yeah. (laughs) And having a ball on that ball. You know, it was so nice. And I think one of the things that we wanted to do the same from our first birth with Lucy was just that we had such a great vibe in the room prior to... Things, oh yeah, like we had the mu- we had a, our little Bose music mm-hmm. player. You were smoking the a joint. Were off. Yeah, it was really perfect. And uh, no, you, no joint. <laughs> well, okay. Okay. That was definitely the vibe, though. I mean, we did have Grateful Dead going at one point. Yeah, you had an edible. 
<laughs> probably would have helped with the pain. But but things were seemed like they were okay until they weren't. Yes. So we were having a good time. Uh, again, listening to John Mayer. Shane was, you know, like massaging me and just kind of helping me out in any way that I needed, which it wasn't too bad. Uh, and then when the notches hit 14, the contractions started getting really intense for me, even more so when they came and broke my water. The contractions got really severe. Okay, can you tell me what the water is? Is it blood? Is it water? Is it mixture of blood and water? It's the amniotic fluid. So, like, they go into your, like, through your vagina, through your cervix, and then it's the sac, the amniotic sac that the baby's in, that your placenta's in, everything. And it's All the filled, juices. Yeah, it's filled with those juices that baby's Is been. that uncomfortable when it's coming out? Is it, like, piss? Is it... it it's not uncomfortable. Is it's it just better like, than a piss? Does it feel good? It, I don't know. It's just like it's Would like. Would you rather piss your pants or placenta juice your pants? Well, it, placenta juicing your pants only really happens when you're in labor, and I'm just asking. Let's say you could placenta juice every day of your <laughs> no, life. Would absolutely. you rather pee your pants? Shane, with, you saw how much came out. I wasn't. I wasn't looking. Are you he, kidding? Anytime I moved, though, there would be another gush of I fluid. I felt it. I got a little splashback. <laughs> did you? Yeah. You know I did. Because <laughs> you said, "Oh, are you looking?" I'm like, "No," but I can feel it. Oh, I actually didn't register that. Oh. This is the first time I'm actually realizing that happened. I didn't know. So, yeah, it's a ton of fluid. It's like a warm fluid, but there's so much of it. And then every time I would shift in the bed after that. You said shift? Yes. Okay. Just checking. <laughs> um, it, would be, it would be another gush. And that really got the contractions going. It was, how long was it after they broke my waters? So I was, they broke my water when I was five centimeters dilated. And then I became, I think I it was 10? I think 10? it was 10 to 15 minutes after that. Yeah. No, 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 no. Four, okay. So I think it was five centimeters dilated when they broke my waters. And then... You keep I, saying broke your waters. Now, broke my water. Okay. I, I was honestly wondering, no, is there more no, than I one know. water? That's, that's a good question. I don't know why I'm saying that. I don't know how to say it, I guess. But good question. And they broke my water. And then about 15 minutes after that, I was like, okay, I'm done with contractions i don't care if the epidural you know makes labor longer because at least i won't feel anything she and i can relax but so i got the epidural and, and we had the pro epidural guy like oh, it was so if you've good. seen pulp fiction he was like the wolf guy he <laughs> he was in his early 60s late 50s he knew what he was doing yeah and it everything went perfectly whereas the first time with oh lou we had like the guy from The Simpsons with the acne, like the nerd character, was like, "Where's her spine?" And he had he had to stab me in the spine like three times, leave for twenty minutes, come back in and stab me again. And your eyes dilated like you were on shrooms or I something. I felt like I was on shrooms. That was... And it was the, it was the scariest part of our pregnancy was getting the epidural mm-hmm. with Lou. This guy just had everything at ease. He found the spine, yeah. put it in there. And I think also knowing what to expect helped a lot too because. Shane remembers well, when like, you're expecting it's good to know yeah what oh to my know. god <laughs> what? I'm referencing her I know like a, you just that, knew that now don't act like you no, knew all it, that just blew up my brain but it was so nice because I knew it was gonna be hard and I knew it was gonna hurt and Shane knew that too so we kind of just like got in the position we talked about where he'd be in front of me holding my hand looking mm-hmm. at me and then my labor nurse came and she had her hands on my shoulder so I had Shane holding my hands telling me that I was doing great I had the nurse telling me like with the most tender voice in the world that I was doing great yeah but I, was I, like, is it, I, I was getting this. a little jealous of her because I'm supposed to be husband I'm like <laughs> hey you're doing great and she gets even closer she's like you're doing real great 
I'm like, stop that. No, I loved it. And I know, but that's what got me so amped. (laughs) And uh, answer this honestly. Okay. Okay, I got a horrible labor rating last time. Like, Mm -hmm. embarrassing. Like, what would you give me? A a 6.57? Out of 10, right? On On my very first labor. What do I get on this labor? Oh, Shane, this experience was perfect. This was a 10 out of 10 labor partner experience. Booyah. So up top for that. Like, That's it was, all I wanted. It was amazing. And why is that? Okay. I just, I think that what, last podcast doing our horse lips together helped. Maybe. But I do think it helped put us in the zone. And it helped open up our communication a little bit better in the room. Because I wasn't as, like I knew what I needed this time. And I was just telling you, okay, Shane, touch me here. Counter pressure here come and just give me you know positive affirmations right now look at me hold my hand and I, the, the very first time around i was more quiet because yeah. i was being how i would want someone to be to me because mm-hmm. if somebody was giving me all these like bullshit positive affirmations i'd be like shut up you're lying you're but just d- saying that. but when you're but when you're saying that and like you're seeing me go through the pain experiencing what i'm experiencing you still feel like it's bullshit like you don't feel like like you're saying it for yourself too? I do feel like it's real, but I thought you would feel like it's bullshit. Oh, no. It's when you're right in it. I think if you're going to like practice it in a Lamaze class or whatever, something like that would feel like baloney. But in the moment, it's so, it's like invigorating. The nurse admitted Lamaze classes are a big money grab. She did. That was interesting. <laughs> so if, you, if you're taking a Lamaze class, I'm not saying it's throwing money out the window. Because what it does is, if you believe in Lamaze, it comforts you. And that comfort and lack of anxiety is what you're really paying for. Exactly. But the nurse was kind of just saying, like, ah, you don't need any of that. We're just here take to- an internet course. No, she didn't say that. We said, because I oh, thought yeah. she was going to be upset. I'd go, oh, no, don't worry. I, I, I took an internet course. She goes, we tell you what to do anyway. <laughs> so if you're a woman and you're about to give birth and you're like, oh, I haven't done any internet research or haven't done Lamaze, mm-hmm. rest assured they got you covered. And they're so nice. They're so wonderful. But honestly, Shane, you were a 10 out of 10 labor partner this time. What I loved was that when the contractions got really bad, you know, we still kept a really calm vibe in our room. Like, there was no panicking. There was no, like, last time it was so traumatic, I felt like. Panicking? We were going viral. I was, like, the most, like, happy <laughs> I'd ever been. I'm like, oh, my God, we just got 800 followers in 25 minutes. Yeah, but honestly, it was, it was just, it was so relaxing and we had our music going we had John Mayer going and then you would kind of like come from behind me you'd be massaging me you'd be telling me positive affirmations in my ear like it was kind of hot mm-hmm. in a way well if John Mayer was pretty fitting because they have uh fathers be mm-hmm. good to your daughter I won't I won't bless you with my <laughs> voice right now but and then when the kid flew out of you like record speed by the way yeah um might be a land speed record actually for we'll the check way- it out uh, they were, your body's a wonderland was playing. No, no, it wasn't. But I'm, I'm not sure what actually was playing. And by the way, somebody asked. Uh, I, I told everyone I was going to use a GoPro cam mm-hmm. to film it, which was my original plan. This classic dad having the real camera. And we were so amped. Like you were so ready. You had it packed up the day before. I had it packed. I had a special cord, Amazon Prime tier yeah. overnight, so I could charge it. I'm so excited to use my GoPro, which was a great gift your parents got me. But side note. The, there's a disc malfunction uh, in the SD card. It was working for all the preamble, all the, like, we were doing, me and you were recording yeah. cute little videos from the, <laughs> the hospital bed. And the second you're like, it's happening. 
SD card error, thing, things like on fire, it overheats, I throw it down and I pick up my iPhone, which I know only has about two and a half minutes worth of video capacity. But the second I start filming, I scroll down in a baby's head with, <laughs> with hair had popped out. And at first I wasn't sure if it was the actual head because you hadn't had a Brazilian down there. Of course. So I was like, I don't know what to expect hair-wise, but then the hair started coming out, 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 and then a forehead, and I was like, wow, this is our daughter, and then they hand it, hand it Betty, to you, Yeah. and she starts crying, and what what a beautiful time, and now she's here podcasting with us. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, uh, it was really incredible. So, yeah, from when I got the epidural, I think I was laying there for about 15 minutes waiting for it to kick in, and then I was telling the nurse, I'm like, hey, like, it's not working on my left side, like, can we do something so it starts working on the left side? And she, like, has me kind of roll around. I'm on that side trying to let it kind of seep in. And then she comes in about five minutes later and she goes, oh, how's that left side feeling? And I'm like, okay, it's starting to work now. Actually, I feel like I have to go poop. Can you please just check to see if, like, something's going on down there? And then she looks and she goes, oh, yeah, the baby's on its way. Five minutes after that. Betty was out. So it took yeah. five minutes of pushing, an hour and a half of active labor in total, uh, like leading up to that. And then it was, what, 20 minutes after the epidural. Do you think you took a poop? Yes, I think I did. Yeah. Do you think I did? My nose would say yes, <laughs> but my eyes didn't see. I think so, only because like when I felt the pressure, I could feel it in like the front and in the back. So unless that's just how it feels when the baby's coming out, I'm not sure. But they have such a good team in there. I mm-hmm. guess they're uh, like you ever watch a NASCAR thing when they're changing the yes. car tires. Yes. I think the team is so aware that women get embarrassed about taking a huge dump in front of their husbands <laughs> or something that they clean it up in record time and it's gone. It's poop wrapped up and thrown away. And I'm not sure if you did poop, but I saw them doing a lot of wrapping as my nose could smell something. But here's a- the thing. Your nose also could have been smelling just like my insides pouring out. Or it could have just been a crazy fart. It, well, which case, the amount I was pushing. Because insides don't smell like manure, do they? Like on a hot day? <laughs> well, here's like, you're pushing so hard. It's like I'm holding up my legs and just pushing so hard. I, I must have pooped. Like, I don't know how, with the amount that I was pushing, if I didn't poop, there's something wrong with my body. I think it's it more embarrassing if your insides smell that way. <laughs> So yeah, don't be embarrassed. <laughs> I'm not. I'm so not. Like honestly, that is in everything that happens during the birth is so it's just in my mind so cool that like I just can't there's nothing embarrassing about it. Everything is just so cool, so amazing. And I'm just so fascinated by everything. And it was it was really cool this time because with Lucy, uh it was such a traumatic experience, right? Like everything was just so scary even though it was fast. But this time, because we were so calm, when the nurse told me the baby was coming, I was like in such a good position that I just, I was looking down as I was pushing and I watched her fully come out of my vagina and it was the neatest thing. Like, <laughs> it was, yeah, it was amazing. It was. And the, unlike the first time with Lou where the hospital experience in terms of my sleep and yeah. the way one of the nurses treated me was just terrible. <laughs> Everyone was so nice, 
And we still ended up staying two full nights at the hospital. Mm -hmm. But it was great. They actually got me blankets and made me feel like I was in the family. It was like a spa kind of. Yeah, I wouldn't go that far. Like no, no, like like a medical spa. Like it's like you had a procedure and you just had like the most caring people looking after you. Okay, our nurses were amazing. They were so amazing. Yeah, they were. And Lou, sorry, Lou was born. At the worst time. Oh, two, God. If, so if somehow you can control this, if you're a woman about to give birth, do not give birth at 2.28 a.m. <laughs> because that means you're up that entire Constant. day trying to give birth. Then when the baby's born, adrenaline's pumping, you're up the next full day. And then the baby cries all night and then you don't get any sleep. Yeah. This little angel was born at 5.11 p.m. On the dot. So our adrenaline stops at like 11 it's time for bed at 11. Just go to bed. This little angel doesn't even really cry. She kind of whimpers. You <laughs> she know? whimpers. She's not a crier. Right now, and honestly, where's some wood? Because I'm hoping it stays that way. I wake up fresh as a daisy. I get a better sleep with Betty than I did without. Like, worrying about Betty coming was a much worse sleep than after Betty came. <laughs> the next day is even better of a sleep. And it's just like, she. I, we couldn't ask for a cooler more quiet baby listeners i would so love to say like make a sarcastic remark about how we're all worried about shane's sleep habits but i have to say myself that betty is so like by no means am i feeling well rested i'm utterly exhausted right now but less exhausted than i was with lucy because she makes it easier she goes to bed right after a feeding and she stays asleep for at least an hour and a half so i'm i'm getting some good very interrupted but decent sleep i'm getting those minutes okay so we had a contest and a lot of people want an update on the contest the contest is we were trying to see who can act the nicest or Mm -hmm. most normal like we had just begun dating like when you're in the honeymoon phase yeah so it was a challenge i put onto the both of us in who could maintain this level of kindness even after having a baby which typically you know you go a little cuckoo uh, and and you're claiming that no one won okay. that's so insulting especially like you had told me a couple of days ago that i won and now that we're on the mic you a couple your story. days ago but that this contest is is still fresh it's only been a week today a week tomorrow first of all it was who's gonna break first. Oh. Contest is over. Okay. I could be well, the okay. meanest guy in the world. Sorry, right now. if it was who is gonna break first, I broke first one hundred percent. That's all I want. <laughs> I won, <laughs> and, and I think I was she, pretty, this, pretty is, great. Is this a fair contest with a hormonal woman with no sleep who is in massive pain? I don't know. When the '93 Bulls were in the championship, it wasn't fair either. <laughs> they had Jordan, they had Pippen, they had Horace Grant. But they still played the championship. Mm. No, I, I I broke first and I'm not feeling bad about breaking first. Yeah, no, and I, I think the contest should still go on. Me too. I, I love tr- pretending. I think pretending is so <laughs> underrated. If you're not feeling good, pretend that you are. It's obviously good to face your emotions head on, especially mm-hmm. if they're extreme emotions. But if it's just irritability yeah. and lack of sleep, kind of fake it before you know it. Like, it was tense before this pod, but we kind of have to put on a little bit of a facade in front of the mics, and now I'm actually feeling good, aren't you? I'm feeling great, yeah. That's what I mean. But I was we... feeling great halfway through the intro, to be honest. Right, good. So that's what I mean when yeah. we started the pod. But before the pod, 
I wasn't. Yeah. Um, oh, I wanted, yes, yeah, we were getting on each other's nerves before the podcast. Yeah, but that being said, I still think I've been doing a good job at being cool dad, man. Well, yeah, which I wouldn't expect anything less of you, new baby or not, or contest or not. But Oh, I think I, you would. I th- would think you'd think I'm an irritable guy. I think you are an irritable guy. But, but I, would, I think but you're so a cool I've been, dad. <laughs> but I mean, I've been fun. I've been like nice. No, I? yeah, yeah. I, I for sure. Haven't haven't I been nicer than normal? You know what? Shane makes waffles every morning, and lately, so I've been on the couch like feeding or whatever. And he I've comes, been feeding you. Yeah, and he comes over with a fork and feeds me waffles with coconut whipped cream and maple syrup all over them, right into my mouth. <laughs> it's really nice. But, but tell me, where am I faltering here? What am I doing okay, that remotely you're, mean? What you do that irritates me is that, like. You know, anything to do with Lucy or to do with Betty or to do with me having just given birth, you're so great and you're so helpful and you're so there. But then if it's just I like... I smell a butt. <laughs> I mean, hear a butt. Sorry. I smelled one in the delivery room. <laughs> Continue. I am having a hard time controlling my wins, by the way. So <laughs> Wins? Is this like waters? Oh, your farts. Yes. Yeah. Continue. Um. So, oh, crap. Sorry. What was I saying right before that? You were talking about your farts? Before the farts. Uh, wins? No, sorry. I don't know. I... Okay, okay. So anything not to do with the kids. So then if Shane and I are just sitting there and I'm like, oh, baby, how's it going? You'd be like, it's good. It's good. And then your face will be emotionless. And there's no, there's just no tone to your voice. It's like not angry. It's not annoyed. It's not happy. No, and it's not I calm. It's just... I put a tone just... to the voice, you don't like the tone. So then, I thought no tone's better than you not liking Well, then, dummy, put a warm tone on it. Put a, a jokey tone on it. Anything that's not toneless or badly toned. Like, But, like, I'm good. I'm good. Like, I can't even I can't even get as plain as you get sometimes. Good. Yeah. Well, sometimes I'm scared by the tone that comes in because you're like, and how are you doing? I don't I'm like, say what is like that even? That? I'm like, and how are you doing? And I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, fine. Yeah, what is that? Say that louder into the mic. Fine. Yeah, what is that? That's not happy. That's not warm. It's not It's not irritated. It's sounds, just like sounds nothing. Sounds a little bit like a Napoleon Dynamite imitation. Yeah. Fine. Well, there you go. So, like, you're Napoleon dynamiting me. Okay, so that's me at my worst here, which I'm sorry, listeners, that you have to hear how bad of okay. a guy I am. Well, he's a great guy. However, if that's your one your moment of respite in between kid chores, and it's, like, just okay, met so with, not ice, it's just met with stone, Okay, so so stone. I'll take stone any day. Here's what I deal with. We're we're having our first <laughs> moments in the house. Like I'm playing with uh, what's her name, Lucy. I'm, I'm playing with Lucy in the other room. You're breastfeeding Betty. You're doing something with her, and I'm like, oh, this is great. And you're like, I just get it. You're having a full mental breakdown. 25 minutes in the, when we got home and we were so looking forward to being home and joyous. Oh, I know. And I'm like, what's wrong? You're like, this isn't what I expected. I'm like, how not? You're like, we're just killing time. We're just killing time. <laughs> like, killing time. I don't want to just kill time. I'm like, me, me either. What, what, what do we do? I thought we'd be playing music and that Motown would be on. <laughs> You're sending emails. And I'm like, geez. And your tone is boring. I'm like, <laughs> fuck this. Well, it's true. 
And uh, but, but then, honestly, but I'm then, in date. On. I'm like dating Alex. Let's act like we're still dating. You're like, come friend you Shane. Now. Okay, and here's the thing. Shane knows how serious postpartum. Oh, you have emotions the baby blues. Can yeah. be. You have and, the baby blues. Yeah, then. but how extreme that they can be, and how uncontrollable they can be. And honestly, they're like, I was complaining about not listening to Motown music and all relaxing on the couch together, like a scene from a really terrible sitcom. And but then, I, like, it was only because we were trying to get our, our footing just yeah. for the first, like, couple of hours. Yeah. And then, you know, we, we got all the music going in the kumbaya no, and hanging and out on the couch and playing and outside. And it and made me so happy. It made me so happy. And, and I don't, like, I make light here. I'm joking because mm-hmm. I'm trying to bring some levity to the situation. It was obviously very scary. And I did go in the other room and I looked up baby blues and postpartum depression and I did, like, protocol. And I, and I said bad thing. I guess you shouldn't have said. I said, oh, I know this is, like, beyond your control. You don't mean to be like this. <laughs> but in my mind, I think that's what would make me feel better. It's not what made no, me feel better. No, because because I want my feelings and the things that are making me upset. If you're just saying, oh, this isn't really you. It's like, no, these things are really still pissing me off. And if you don't recognize that, then I don't feel like what I want and what I don't want is being validated. Yeah. But then it's like the way I'm handling it, yeah, it's not yeah. me. But then who the hell expects it to be because of what you've just gone through and what you're still going through and what I will go through for the next three months. And You didn't want the Snickers treatment, which is you're not you when you're postpartum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, exactly. I get that. That's a good analogy. Mm, thanks. Yeah, so that was very annoying to hear. And then I think that made me just feel so much more emotional. <laughs> yeah, but, so, but even though, like, obviously a lot of this was baby blues and there's so mm-hmm. many hormones and things going on. And let's not ignore the fact that the baby came out of you. There's a lot of recovery and yeah. irritating things going on that aren't going on with me. Yeah. I still won the contest fair and square. <laughs> because you thought I would lose. You were like, obviously Shane's going to lose. I'm like, really? Shane, yeah, my the, stitches fell out that day. I'm not saying the cards the chips aren't stacked in my favor but what i am saying is you still thought even with the chips stacked in my favor you thought you would win and i just want you to eat humble pie okay should we get to the episode (laughs) is there anything else here oh i I just have one last question because we did so well in terms of followers etc do you think that instagrammers ever have kids just for likes or follows are you kidding me? Of course I do. Well, there was a whole we talked a few episodes really? ago about that Micah Stouffer woman who adopted a kid and then gave it away again, essentially for the likes. And she gave the kid away for the likes? <laughs> that backfired. Shane, <laughs> Guess who's got, gone? She got 100,000 followers after she gave hate the kid followers. away. But hate followers are different. I don't know if there's such thing as hate sponsorships from companies that are paying her hundreds of thousands of dollars. I don't think the sponsors stayed on. I think the followers came and the sponsors (laughs) left, honestly. But, like, I don't know. If you were well off... Okay, so putting ourselves in this position. If we were well off, if I didn't have lupus and pregnancy was as easy as giving birth was, because I think giving birth for me is, like, that day is pretty good. Mm Mm-hmm. I'd have more kids. For likes and followers. No. But That's the question, I mean, though. Right. But, I, well, I mean, that wouldn't uh, be a happy bonus, I guess. Okay, but you wouldn't do it for 
likes and no, followers. No. Okay. So should we get to the the <laughs> our first interview? Let's do it. I'm so excited to finally share this interview that we've been sitting on for so long. Yeah, and Heidi is so game to joke and yeah. so different than I thought she'd be. I really appreciated her letting me be me. I think she'd like like to. No, she didn't. I don't know. No, anytime I get along with anybody who's like <laughs> doesn't hate me, it's like she has a crazy crush on you, Shane. I'm like, no, she doesn't. Um, you do that with, including your mom. Like, I remember first meeting your mom. You're like, I think she like likes you. Like, Stop it. Uh, but yeah, let's get to that interview with Heidi Murkoff. But first, we have some important things to say. We do. Say them. We are supported by Bravado Designs. Shane, I have been living, as you know, in my Bravado bras, my nursing bras, since giving birth about a week ago. And you are in a Bravado Designs bra right now. <laughs> I am. I Honestly, I don't want to wear anything else and I can't because any other material really hurts my nipples at this point. And for anyone who thinks I'm lying, listen to this. <laughs> that was Shane snapping one of my bra straps. And but only Bravado Designs bra straps make that noise. Oh. That like may be a lie, but <laughs> you get the picture. She's actually wearing one. Uh, but they are my favorite nursing bras, and you can get them at bravadodesigns.com. Also, you can go to ca.bravadodesigns.com if you are not nursing, and you can get their everyday collection, which have no clips, but the same comfort that I'm currently living in. And that's for women who aren't in postpartum, might not even be wanting children. Correct. For anybody who just wants basically to live in comfort like me. So go to either one of those websites and use the promo code ThisFamilyTree20 for 20% off. I'm, we've been doing this read, what, this is our eighth read, seventh read? I think and so. And it blows my mind every time. <laughs> Enjoy it. But speaking of support. We are also supported by Seedlip, which is the world's first distilled non-alcoholic spirit. And as you know, we love it so much. So Seedlip is crafted without alcohol, without sugar, without calories, and kind of solves the dilemma of what to drink when you're not drinking, whether it's like me for nine months of pregnancy, whether it's for the night, or whether it's for forever. And for me, it makes me feel like crazy statement here that I'm drinking alcohol more than when I'm drinking alcohol because something about these cocktails it forces you to actually put the effort in to make them really fancy <laughs> yeah. instead of just like I used to pour like a Ryan Diet Coke then I'd be up all night jacked on the the Diet Coke and couldn't get to sleep but now I'm actually getting no caffeine mm -hmm. zero calories and a nice drink that makes me feel like I'm uh, on a yacht somewhere. Yeah, that's actually part of the reason I love Seedlip so much is not just drinking it, which is delicious, but the routine around it. Yeah. And, you know, making the drink, serving it, kind of doing our first sip together. And it's just, it's so much fun. It's like how coffee is an excuse to have a conversation with friends. Yeah. Seedlip's an excuse to actually make an amazing drink. Yeah, no, I, I love it so much and we have been having so much fun with it. So whether you prefer those punchy citrus flavors, aromatic spices, or savory herbs, Seedlip offers a drink for basically everybody. It's crafted using a bespoke process, including traditional copper distillation of botanicals, and each of Seedlip's three flavors. We have Spice 94, Garden 108, and Grove 42. They're all alcohol-free, they all have unique flavors, and they pair perfectly if you don't want to be fancy with just a splash of tonic. And they pair with this podcast. 
they do so so well so if you want to get on the seed lip train check out their cocktail book and you can make beautiful cocktails like shane and i have been making so head to seedlipdrinks.com or .ca and follow seedlip social on instagram for more ways to enjoy but we want you to enjoy this interview with heidi murkoff hello hi heidi Hi. So, Heidi, we are so thrilled to have you on this The Family Tree podcast today. You are the author of essentially the Bible of North American pregnancy. You wrote What to Expect When You're Expecting, which was, correct me if I'm mistaken, originally published in 1984 and has been the first edition. The first edition. And has been. I was 10. You were 10. No, I'm kidding. Alex is extremely gullible. Extremely gullible, Heidi. Okay, Heidi, not only am I extremely gullible, but I'm 35 weeks into my pregnancy and just dying. Like, my brain is off. So, did you know that your brain shrinks 8% It does when you're pregnant? What do you mean it shrinks? It shrinks 8%. Um, It's not cumulative, so you're not down 16% because it plumps back up between pregnancies. Right. Yeah. You thought it was all in your head, but it's actually in your brain. This is making so much sense. So am I going to be 8% less intelligent for the rest of my life? No, it's no, going to plump no, back no. up. That's a, We have to explain this to her very poorly. <laughs> She's not listening. <laughs> She's missing those 8% right yeah. now. <laughs> well, you know, I, I'm a high school teacher, and I would kill one of my students if they were behaving like I am right now but I honestly it is so hard for me to keep information in and process things properly but see that's completely normal so if you forget where you left your car keys or you you forget where you left your car pretty much it makes sense because all of your body's resources all your blood supply is being given to your baby and the baby making factory so it's being drained from places that you might otherwise use it like your brain does does any of this happen to dads or is this strictly a mom brain shrinkage okay so i'm not sure they've studied dad brains but but dads do experience hormonal changes during pregnancy so it's entirely possible i always forget that i have hormones it's weird i always think that's strictly a woman (laughs) thing but men have hormones well in fact you i mean we all have both of you know the sex hormones Um, but typically guys are known for their testosterone and during pregnancy and postpartum, uh, they experience a surge in estrogen and, you know, it's not enough to grow breasts or anything like that. Although nothing wrong with that. If you have, I I can't see you. I don't know. (laughs) Um, Well, I've been doing pushups during quarantine and Alex was actually commenting on how big my pectorials were looking. Well, yeah, they're, they're comparable to mine (laughs) pre-pregnancy. Well, hopefully you won't be lactating any time soon, but <laughs> Let's oh, wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah, I wouldn't it's mind breastfeed. it. It's the only thing they can't Share do the is breastfeed. Everything else. It would be good publicity for the podcast. It totally would be. <laughs> so wait, the fact that men are having a surge in hormones as well, uh, does yes. this explain why Shane's been like a little extra sensitive or snippy at me lately? What? Totally. Totally. Oh. 
Um, so th- that's the, that's the estrogen talking. Also, some guys, I'm not saying it's you, but some guys <laughs> pack on a few extra pounds because they're, you know, that's also the estrogen talking because, you know, it, it talks them into the freezer for, you know, a, a gallon of ice cream. <laughs> yeah. um, that happens a lot to death, but at the same time, they're experiencing a drop in testosterone and testosterone is, you know, the hormone that is known for, you know, aggressiveness. So nature is actually bringing out the nurture in the in the male of the species by sending testosterone levels down and boosting estrogen levels. And it actually happens throughout the animal kingdom. And I'm not calling men animals, not saying that <laughs> at all. But it does happen in, you know, in other species as well. So it's a good thing. I mean, having too much testosterone when you know, your partner's 35 weeks pregnant or postpartum even more so said <laughs> you don't want raging testosterone no. in the, those first postpartum weeks. So it actually is quite convenient. And dads also, you know, there's another hormone that they produce and that's oxytocin. So you think moms are the only ones who can do that release of oxytocin when they do skin to skin, mm-hmm. dads can do that as well. So nature's really pulling out all the stops. See, that's incredible. I didn't, I didn't know that. And Shane is already a really sensitive guy, but what the heck's that supposed to mean? <laughs> you cry a lot, <laughs> oh. but during this off. pregnancy, mm-hmm. he has been like you have been so uh, your sensitivities have been so heightened. Like we will watch anything. We'll have a conversation about Lucy, like our, our one daughter right now. Mm-hmm. And Shane will, like you, you cry several times a week. I do. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's a good that's a good thing. Yeah, that means you're extra nurturing. Those are those nurturing hormones. That's actually the way it's supposed to be. Um, and I think that culturally we we've tried to sublimate that and and try to make men not support mm-hmm. when they show their emotions. But that's actually a really good thing. So if you're extra touchy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I feel like having girls too somehow. So my, I have a daughter and I have another daughter on the way. And I don't know if this is a fact or not, but does having girls make men more sensitive than if they had had boys? Well, that, there's so much estrogen in the house. Yeah. So you never know. But yeah, guys experience mood swings as as Alex knows. Yeah. Yes. Um, So that could be the extra crying. I mean, we all talk about pregnant women and and their mood swings, but dads experience them as well. Dads can even experience postpartum depression. I Um, read that. I didn't didn't know what to make of it, but I, I did read that in passing one day and I was shocked by that. So there's there's hormonal involvement in that as well. But I think, you know, the, the, the more involved that dads get in pregnancy and in parenting, which of course I applaud and support, I can tell you a funny story about my own husband, but Let's the, hear it. The, yeah. the closer, okay. <laughs> well, since you asked, um, so just going back a few years, just a few, um, we, well, I was the definition of clueless when it came to babies back then. I hadn't written any books yet. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, and there weren't any books to read and there certainly wasn't any uh, Dr. Google. Right. Right. Which is probably a good thing uh, in retrospect. And I didn't have apps. So uh, (laughs) we walk into our apartment 
and open the door. You know, we walk in with a brand new baby and she starts crying and I start crying because, I mean, I had never held a baby before. And then all of a sudden the hospital gives me this baby to take home. <laughs> like that suddenly dawned on me. This is crazy talk. Yeah. Yeah, it feels right? like it should be illegal. Well, every other job you have to be trained for, yeah, no right? Yeah. Um, but not this one. So I walk in the door and I'm like, I completely lose it. Eric had never held a baby before either, you know, before mm-hmm. we held Emma. And he just took her out of my arms, tucked me into bed, and like took over. Somehow uh-huh. he knew exactly what to do or was, you know, able to figure it out. And so I think. Like I said, there's nothing that a mom can do that a dad can't do. He um, didn't ghostwrite the book, did he? No, he, he did not. <laughs> Just checking. I'm not going to give him credit for that. I'm giving him plenty of credit. And by the way, he was in charge when uh, Emma rolled off the changing table at 3 a.m. Oh, that's, wow. That's another, yeah, another that's story. Scary. It wasn't even a changing table. We didn't even have a changing table. It was just like a table. Yeah. That we were terrifying. Doing the on. Yeah, but and that's about me. How about you guys? Well... What? Oh, sorry, Alex is panicking. Sorry, no, I'm, yes, so I am currently 35 weeks pregnant, and uh, with our second daughter, we have a two-year-old named Lucy at home, and we're just, we're slowly getting through this, Heidi. This pregnancy has been kicking my ass since it started, and it's... Well, it hasn't been exactly um, the best of times. Oh, right. I know. I, pregnant? No um, kidding. And I, I'm not used to that because so I have lupus. So I'm used to seeing my doctors super frequently. Yeah. And now mm-hmm. even when I see them, it's, you know, under this additional stress. And mm-hmm. I, I'm we're doing a lot of phone talks and it's it's really different. But Shane, and I have to give him credit, steps up so much and always has with Lucy. Like right when I had her, I gave him a robe to wear in our hospital room so that he could do skin to skin with Lucy uh, whenever he needed to, he was highly criticized by the nurses for that. Yeah, the nurses what? the nurses didn't like that for what? some reason. They well, the, maybe in in their defense, they didn't like me because I was occupying the same bed as Alex, which and I, I was, preferred. And I was kind. Alex didn't mind it, but it looked like I was just hogging <laughs> Alex's bed that she had to recover. In. And they just thought, who is this weirdo lounging in a robe, just constantly doing skin to skin with the baby? So they they right. thought I was like on her turf. So now I understand it more, but. Yeah, I was terrified when we had Lucy because I had never changed a diaper. I was practicing right. swaddling yeah. on, a, on a Cabbage Patch doll just like two <laughs> two nights before I had a panic attack. Like, I don't know how to swaddle. If I don't know how to swaddle, Lucy might die or something. Like, I had all these yeah. irrational right, right. thoughts. And I, I must say, your book did help me, but in kind of a different way. And you might be disappointed to hear this, but just Uh-oh. just having your book made me feel so much more safe and secure that I had this reference book. However, I did not read any of it. He left so, that part to me. <laughs> so it, ha- it, ha- it had such a strange effect because just having, it's like being a trapeze artist, just having the net below you makes you more confident. Um, y- yeah. No, I'm so I'm sorry. I, I, I just thought I I'd admit that. I argue with that. I mean, no, 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 seriously. Um, you know, here's here's the thing. Um, every baby is different, right? You're going to notice this when you have your second yeah. little girl, that they're completely different. You know, your pregnancies are different. And so 
anything you think you know about parenting, mm-hmm. you know, pretty much flies out the window anyway. Yeah. So what what I tell parents, you know, you can read all you want to or not read. You can just keep it as like a security uh, blanket that you carry around, but don't read, <laughs> as in, in your case, which is totally fine. Could look at the pictures, whatever. <laughs> um, but the thing is, you're going to learn in the trenches, you know, yeah. one diaper blowout at a time, no matter how much you you practice on a cabbage patch doll, not the same thing. Not and at you all. have that first explosive uh, bowel movement, oh and, uh, you know, it goes everywhere. So you learn through that. You learn, you know, how to identify your baby's cries and how to respond. And again, because every baby is different, you may have to relearn the second mm-hmm. time or adapt um, your parenting style because your parenting style can't be exactly the same. And then the other thing is, you know, we talk a lot about instincts and we all have them somewhere buried, you know, beneath mm-hmm. the the surface. It, I felt like I didn't have any, and it takes time, you know, it takes yeah. time to bond with your baby. And ultimately it takes time for those instincts to kick in. But because every parent is different, you know, what you hear from other parents is valuable. It's a great resource. It's great to have those insights. I mean, having an online community is super helpful. Like, we were the first kids on the block to have a baby, so we had no one to turn to for support. And so it's great to have that support from virtual friends, from real friends. But because every parent is different, what's right for another mom or another dad might not be right for you. And what's right for one baby isn't necessarily going to work for another baby. Mm -hmm. And I want to clarify also, too, that my wife did transmute the information yes. from the book to me. So she was like my, <laughs> condu- my conduit. So in a way, I did read the book just with the Coles Notes version, which is my wife. Yep. It was read to you. <laughs> yes. Before before I was down 8% brain capacity. Yeah, in a matter of speaking, it was read to me. <laughs> hey, listen, I, read, I, I have the books on Audible, so you don't even have to read them at all. You can just listen. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, that's yeah. a great idea. Jeez, yeah. yeah. Okay, Heidi, we're just going to take a quick break to let our audience know that. We are supported by Tushy. Tushy makes bidets. Fancy, you ask? Well, maybe to some, but bidets are actually used in most places in the world. I think a little bit less in North America, and we're hoping to change that. Shane, again, it's been a week postpartum. This is the only thing on my mind because it's what we're going through. And I've been using my Tushy for the past couple days after, you know, the worst of my stitches have healed, and it is so nice. Do you know what happens when you push out a baby? Yeah, I, I saw it go down. What what happened? Baby comes out the vagina. But things aren't feeling too nice down there, and wiping definitely hurts, but hemorrhoids do happen to the majority of pregnant women because you are pushing hard. The last thing you want to do is take toilet paper and try to mm-hmm. wipe that after a dookie. So the tushy is kind of a lifesaver right now. Yeah, and I remember in our earlier reads, I was acting like it was so heaven sent because you use so much toilet paper. Yeah. It's really, it's way more for number twos than number ones because you yes. really use the toilet paper on, on number ones. But I will use way more toilet paper on number twos than you. Mm-hmm. And I, <laughs> I, I don't know how to word this, but guys tend to be hairier in the... <laughs> In the butthole region, and it's just a nightmare down there. And I've always been self-conscious about it, but now I can roam 
free and confident knowing that I am 100% clean down there. So Shane is no longer concerned about his hairy hole, everybody. No. And I think my hair's I think my hole is hairier than most. But I do. I'm not hairy anywhere no. else really, but there it really gets hairy. So if you're I think more women than men listen to this, but buy this for Father's Day or your man's birthday, your partner's birthday and they will love it. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, do this. <laughs> Shane's dumps have just gone from five minutes long to now 15 minutes long because he's just having so much fun You in love it. being so crude in these, <laughs> in these reads. The tushy reads are my favorite. Okay. Continue. <laughs> All right. So if you do want to get a tushy because they make such an amazing unconventional gift for anybody in your life, men, women, whoever, everybody does have an ass and everybody deserves a tushy. It's only $79 and for 10% off of a tushy bidet and for a cleaner butt in general, go to www.hellotushy.com slash this family tree. Your hairy butthole will thank you. But we are also supported by... By Hello Bello. Hello Bello is co-founded by parents Kristen Bell and Dak Shepard and is the best eco-friendly line created to eliminate the choice that parents face between what's best for your kids and what's best for your budget. And I think they have the best infant diapers ever. Oh my gosh. They have the best diapers ever. They're like soft enough to use as a pillow. Lucy and now Betty have not had any blowouts or leaks. And they're really, really adorable. Shane, what's your favorite pattern that we have right now? It's hard to pick. I, I don't like being put on the spot like this. I just, <laughs> we're going to actually do like a little fashion show, a fun video with them. And I'm very excited about it. Yeah, well, that's true. But there's ones that we currently have with little bees on them. I haven't seen those. Oh, they, Betty's wearing them right now. Super cute. Pay I got to get a look at her. Change more diapers. <laughs> <laughs> so these super soft, amazing diapers are made of a mix of plant-based materials and thoughtfully chosen traditional materials in order to deliver the super absorbent and super comfy soft fit and feel. They're hypoallergenic, eco-friendly, and effective. So if you get a bundle, which is what you can do on their website, they refresh their adorable designs three times a year. So there's lots to choose from and you can fill as many different designs into one pack as you can fit. So if you're not already using Hello Bello, like if you're using one of those other crappier brands, no pun intended, <laughs> just give Hello Bello a shot. I promise you, you will not go back to whatever brand you were using previously. Yes, and you can go to hellobello.ca and use the promo code thisfamilytree30 for 30% off your first diaper bundle. That's amazing. And for those of you who are more of in-store shoppers, they have very exciting information as their products are now available in many retail stores across Canada. So if you want to find a store that carries them and is close to you, you can visit the store locator on hellobello.ca Enter your postal code and it'll let you know. But I mean, get the 30% off first. Oh, like, yeah. Get the 30% it's off. simple math. It just It's much smarter to get the 30% off. Then go to your retail store after you've used up your one-time 30% off. Exactly. Right? So as a reminder, this family treat 30 after going to hellobello.ca. So say hello to organic ingredients. And goodbye to all the bad stuff. But let's go back to our interview with Heidi Murkoff. So I, I wonder, uh, when you write such a, a book like this, are you able to just retain it all in your brain, or do you, even you have to go back and reference your own book? Oh, well, um, I'm not currently pregnant. No, so. <laughs> I, I, mean at the t <laughs> I mean at the time. But no, I mean, first of all, the books have 
changed so much and evolved over the years. So mm-hmm. it's not like I'm always recreating them. Mm-hmm. Lots of things about pregnancy don't change. Like you're still bloated and queasy mm-hmm. and constipated, but lots of things do change. And so over the years, what to expect has had to evolve to keep up with the changes, but also I think they're, you know, to keep up with my finger on the pregnant pulse is super yeah. important. Mm-hmm. What's one of the biggest changes you think that's gone on? Oh, well, there's been lots of changes, in, including uh, greater involvement of fathers. So mm-hmm. where nurses shouldn't be chiding dads <laughs> for skin to skin because <laughs> babies don't care if there's fur. Like, they Absolutely. just don't. I, I'm not saying you have fur, but I'm saying that it's, it's Extra something cozy. that... Yeah. Yeah, totally. No, and I, I think that should be so fostered, too, by the way. I just I just want to say, because I, I don't see enough of that in the motherhood world about encouraging dads to take part in those really early moments. Like, you're seeing well, it more. And you know what? We have no one to blame but ourselves for that. Mm-hmm. So it, it's funny, because what I hear all the time is, he never does anything. He never helps. I'm doing it all myself. And then as soon as the dad tries to do something, it's like, you're doing it all wrong. <laughs> yeah. You're doing it all wrong. Yeah. No, let me do it. And it's, it's like that woman folk kind of mentality, even mm-hmm. though, let's face it, we don't know any more than they do. Yeah. It's just this cultural thing, societal thing, that makes fathers feel less than when, in fact, they are no less than. Mm-hmm. Um, unless baby's rooting, you know, yeah. for a breath, and then, you know. You got to help it out. Unless, of course, the man's <laughs> yeah. nipples are lactating. Well, and there's that. <laughs> <laughs> Just the call back to our earlier discussion. <laughs> yeah, and and we we hope and we will work towards that moment. We just haven't achieved. Yes, it. I'll be fighting yes. for it. But so yeah, that's been that's been a big change. But I think probably even and social media and the yeah. access to information. I had no information. Now there's too much information. Now there's conflicting information. Now everyone's quote unquote, an expert. Yeah. And P.S. I don't even call myself an expert because I think every parent knows their baby best mm-hmm. and their body best. So, you know, you should, you should pick and choose, but ultimately you have to, you know, find those instincts and trust them. But I think one of the biggest changes is how we experience pregnancy. So when the first edition of What to Expect came out, P.S., I had nothing to do with that quilt on the cover, just saying. Um, <laughs> but it was like it was like this miserable-looking woman in a rocking chair. She just looked like, oh, my God, I hate this. Get me out of here. But it was that whole mentality of, you know, pregnant women have to... It was a metaphor for how pregnancy was mm-hmm. back then. It was starting to become more of an empowering experience, but just the beginning of that. Yeah. Um, you know, now we have actually that's my daughter Emma on the cover of the fifth edition. Oh, I was just going to ask that. Yeah, um, people always think it's me, but I'm like, okay, but well, first of all, she's way taller, better hair, and bigger <laughs> breasts, but <laughs> way bigger. <laughs> but, but even so, I mean. She was, Lennox is now seven, but that's when she was pregnant with Lennox. So, oh, wow. But she's happy and she's beaming and she's mm-hmm. smiling and she's holding her belly and she's celebrating her pregnancy, which is, I think it started with Demi Moore, but, you know, when she was, uh, when she oh, posed naked. Photo, yeah. The famous cover, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and that sort of, you know, woke us at, as pregnant women that we could actually, I mean, I spent my pregnancy covered up because you had to because people would just like 
look at the pregnant shape as obscene even. Oh, mm-hmm. so you're not even talking about breastfeeding. You're just saying you, you're I know. the tummy. I have a fabulous picture of me, a Polaroid actually, of me breastfeeding, like just wantonly. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was by a pool and um, I'm, we're wearing matching sunnies. Red sneeze, Emma and I, um, but I, and I'm drinking too, but I was actually drinking gin and tonic, but that's, <laughs> I didn't know you weren't supposed to drink when you were breastfeeding back then. So, but the, but the, but the whole, um, the whole sensibility, I think, has shifted a lot where we celebrate the bump, we mm-hmm. celebrate, we're empowered by those curves and, and think that they're beautiful instead of something you have to cover up. Yeah. So I, I think that's you know if the if the covers are are metaphors for how pregnancy has changed and that's probably the big change which I think is great yeah. welcome and change I, I wish I could you know show my belly off right now yeah, I, well me I, too yeah during a quarantine <laughs> I haven't been able to shop for any maternity stuff anyway so I mean I'm going out in the same crop tops and things that I would if I yeah. wasn't pregnant and it feels great and honestly like I tell Shane this all the time that during pregnancy. Uh, I feel less self-conscious than I do when I'm not pregnant. And oh, I feel, yeah, you don't have to suck in. Yeah, and I feel sexier almost. It's yeah. it's a really neat feeling. And you mentioned about breastfeeding. So I remember reading in during my first pregnancy, uh, there was a part of your book that talked about the function of breasts when you're breastfeeding. And mm-hmm. I was a very open breastfeeder. Like I hate the oh, covers because yeah. they're hot. I can't use them. So no, I was totally. just, you know, wherever we were, out for dinner, at the beach, whatever. If my baby was hungry, I'd feed her. Yeah. And I really loved how you said that, look, having two or more roles as a person isn't unusual. That's even right. if they require totally different skills. So if you look mm-hmm. at a breast, a breast has a sensual role and it has a very practical mm-hmm. role. So why right. is it so important, do you think, to kind of denote that to moms? Well, I, I think that it's for moms and dads mm-hmm. to understand. Um, and listen, you know, you could feel totally not sexy at all during pregnancy, and that's totally fine, too. Mm-hmm. You can feel very sexy. You can feel super sexy postpartum. Not as likely, no. but, you know, <laughs> I definitely didn't. Yeah. <laughs> not, not quite as Possibly, you know, everything yeah. smells like spit up and right. has that yellow tinge to it. And, oh, it's you know, disgusting. There's, uh, there's baby diaper ointment where there used to be, like, KY. So, you know. It, and I'm it's in diapers a, for the first time. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not forget that. Yeah. Um, so, but but it's it's important to understand that, first of all, let's, let's face it, you know, they have hooter hiders right mm-hmm. but they also have hooters restaurants <laughs> where women walk around half naked so w- t- explain to me why we can show breasts off on billboards mm-hmm. as sexual um as objects of sexuality and then when a mom whips it out in a uh, target or something all of a sudden that's inappropriate yeah well on that instagram too like no sense the same woman, and I've had friends that this has happened to, they'll post a bikini picture from their 20s or whenever they, like, were postpartum, or, sorry, before they had babies, and it'll be, like, a sexy bikini picture, and everybody's yeah. fine with it, and then they post one breastfeeding, and people will report it, and then they'll get blocked from it, Instagram. It's 
crazy. That's just ridiculous. So, yeah, more power to you and your <laughs> boobs. I love it. And another thing, so like that was one thing that I really loved and kind of helped shape my postpartum experience and my, my breastfeeding experience. But one thing that I really love is your book gets into everything. Like, I mean, we talk about there's pot, there's sex talk, there's what happens, why mm. am I cramping after an orgasm, can I do cocaine? Like, you get into everything. <laughs> yeah, aside. can Alex do cocaine <laughs> right now? That was my next question, actually. No, but no, it truly does. Not so much. And Just have sex instead, and it's plenty of it. <laughs> but it, it is amazing, because it is such a resource where you cover everything, even from a pregnant woman's working rights. And I'm just, like, curious, do people ever, are they ever shocked and talk to you or about that. Or offended, maybe, yeah, that, the, that, that like, info's oh, in Oh, this there? is a baby book. Why are you talking about sex or drugs or whatever? Oh, well, first of all, that's usually what gets you there in the first place, <laughs> is, is sex. So, <laughs> I mean, there are exceptions these days, but for the most part, that's how the baby is made. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Sex is Alex's drug. <laughs> um, and... I, I don't know about you, Alex, but when I was pregnant, it was like Eric would run screaming from the room whenever he saw me because I just wanted sex, 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 and more sex. That is like Alex. It was, you know, and, and that's, I mean, I'm going to admit that I didn't have morning sickness. It's far, hard to feel mm. sexy when you're puking. And I had a pretty easy pregnancy, but that's how the hormones affected me. Mm-hmm. And if it affects you a different way, that's totally fine, too. But you've got to be able to talk about it. I was literally the first person to say penis on national television. You were not. Really? Um, yes, um, to my knowledge, because wow. I was, I was, it was 1990, I think, and it was pre-Seinfeld. And, and I was asked by Good Morning America to come on and talk about sex during pregnancy. And so I used the word penis because it kind of applies yeah it's you know to the subject um and what else was i supposed to call it maybe dinky so i i said it jill london shifted uncomfortably in her chair and then when it got off the set people were like oh my god you said penis and you know now it's penis 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 but back then it wasn't you couldn't talk about pregnant women having sex and it, it, there was something, you know, inappropriate about it, but you have to talk about it. You have to talk about it as, you know, society, but you also have to talk about it with your partner, mm-hmm. especially if you're not feeling sexy or, hey, you know, sometimes guys, because of that drop in testosterone surge in estrogen, sometimes they're not feeling so sexy. And there's also, you know, the mind over matter Mm-hmm. kind of situation where, you know, guys start to think, oh, I'm going to give the baby a black eye, you know, <laughs> or bop them in the head or the baby can see. And I'm like, guys, you are giving yourself way too much credit, <laughs> A. And B, this is, this is an important part of your relationship mm-hmm. and it needs to be explored as well. You can't just pause that discussion during pregnancy And if he's not feeling, you know, if you're not talking about it and he's suddenly not feeling it and you, of course, being a woman, jump to the assumption that you're not beautiful anymore to him, you're not sexy to him, 
and or the other way around, it, it's like you just got to put it on the table or on mm-hmm. the bed or wherever you yeah. want to put it and talk it out. Yeah, I have a double whammy here because I, one, do not feel sexy at all right now. And two, I feel like if I do have sex, I'm like, my daughter's right there. Like, like, oh, my goodness, my daughter's here. I'm having sex and my daughter's here. There. Yeah, right there. It sounds sounds stupid, but that's all I think about. I am carrying very low. Yeah, and that too. But the ba- here's the thing, and I know it's the mind over matter, and you know it's a significant matter to overcome because it's this big mm-hmm. giant, you know, mountain you have to climb <laughs> during pregnancy, late pregnancy, especially, and and yet it's uh, the baby is completely oblivious, of course, and and enjoys the ride, so <laughs> no harm, no foul, and oh, but they do because they they're rock. To sleep by the by the it's the a action. Little head I don't know. Massage. That's not turning me on though. <laughs> it's really okay. I mean, right. I I was like, I was like ten day nine days overdue, oh, and I was like every two seconds like, okay, let's try sex again. Let's try sex again. Um, it's totally. <laughs> First of all, it doesn't cause labor. Well, unless, that's what I was going to ask. That no. and the raspberry tea I was hoping to rely on at the end of this one. Well, um, I did do the raspberry tea, and actually I did go into labor that day, but again, it was nine. You, so you it could be coincidence, what, right? It could be coincidence. Right. Um, but let me just say, the sex, did, you know, as far as I can tell, did not work, but there's no, hey, look, if it works great, if it doesn't, you know, still great is is how I look at it. And it probably helps um, you relax, if nothing else. It it does. And the other thing is, in theory, I mean, there are prostaglandins in sperm. Mm-hmm. So when they are ripening your cervix in the hospital, they give you prostaglandins. Now, yeah. arguably, they're less effective prostaglandins, but they are more fun. <laughs> like exactly. the ones in the sperm are, are more fun. So... <laughs> I, like I said, there's no harm in trying as long as your water hasn't broken, mm-hmm. you're good to go. And who knows? There's just no solid evidence about any of those do-it-yourself labor-inducing techniques. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but I would try any of them except castor oil. Do not. Oh my God, no! I do not. I would never, just because I heard it makes you People vomit do. and diarrhea. People do oh that God, though. It's- it's not pleasant. Like at I all. put, I put castor oil on my eyebrows and my eyelashes in, like mixed up with some other oils to help them grow. I wouldn't, oh, nice. I wouldn't ever put it in my. Yeah, I would be so scared to drink it. Does castor oil make them grow? Things grow. Yeah. Oh, maybe I should use that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can't speak to that, but I guess no harm done. I don't know. I haven't tried that. You might want to check with your doctor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, I have a question about giving advice. Obviously, like this book is over 17 million copies sold here. Mm. It says on the one I have, and it's probably even more than that because we bought this a few 20... years ago. Well, gl- I mean, it, it, uh, globally, it's it's probably 25. I don't oh, know. Oh, insane. So 17 is actually an insult. I'm sorry. <laughs> Who's counting? But no, I guess, no, it's, it's... <laughs> these books are counting. It says right on. But... I wanted to ask, when you sold that many books, you're so used to being the advice guru. When you see somebody out in public doing something totally incorrect, do you have a compulsion to just run up and say something? I may have a compulsion, I mean, like, but I overcome it. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, the thing is, 
I'm super sensitive to the fact that, you know, when you're pregnant, you are a magnet to advice givers. Yeah. They are drawn to you. It's almost like you're all of a sudden, you know, community property. Mm -hmm. You're like a group project. Yeah, people can touch you without (laughs) asking. Yes, and uh, and let me say, I am I have very poor impulse control when it comes to bumps. And if I were there with you right now, Alex, I'd be all over it. <laughs> um, but truth is that it's not community property, and mm-hmm. you are not. There's a lot of pregnancy police out there, and I am not one of them. Even you, Heidi Murkoff, who has the ultimate like, I'm Heidi Murkoff. It's fine. <laughs> no, you don't even use that code. Especially me. Like, if you ask me, you know, for advice, I will give it to you. But if you don't ask, I I won't. Except for my daughter, of course. I've got it, you know. <laughs> I can imagine. Totally. And she never listens. But, um, <laughs> but no, I think there's way too much pregnancy policing. You know, it takes a village. It does not take a police state. Mm-hmm. And I think people overstep not just during pregnancy, but when you've got the new baby out and they're telling you, I mean, there's judging and shaming about, you know, if you're not breastfeeding or if you're, you're giving a bottle, you're, you've got your baby in a stroller instead of wearing that. I mean, there's just mm-hmm. different, there's so many different parenting philosophies and uh, nobody should force their philosophies on you. Because, again, every mom and baby and dad is different. I do want to ask you for advice right now, though, and to pregnancy police me in some way. So, like I said, I'm 35 weeks. I cannot move, Heidi. Like, it's gotten worse by the day. I've got that – the lightning crotch, like the shooting pains in my cervix, and it's just awful. Like, anytime I stand up and I am – like, I cannot walk from one end to the other end of the house without – heavily breathing and needing a glass of water so yeah I just think I we have a toddler too right and we're both working from home and then we both have these creative projects so like how how easy should I be taking it and what should I expect from Shane (laughs) (laughs) um okay so Shane is doing everything right I'm trying to. He's carrying you to the bathroom when you need to pee right not yet but I like that idea yeah, um, put it on the list, Shane. So, um, I am not a strong man. Alex already <laughs> asked me to carry her today, and I'm very scared. Not that she's overly heavy. I'm just overly weak. Um, I thought you had those pecs. So, just um, the pecs, no biceps. <laughs> it's a very okay. odd-looking body I have. Sorry, continue. So here's the thing. You do need to listen to your body, and your mm. body is telling you something. Um, at the same time, I don't know if you're having pelvic girdle pain, but that can be quite excruciating if you're experiencing that or if it's just lightning crotch and just basically carrying low and you feel exhausted. I'm not sure what pelvic girdle pain is exactly, but there's just lots going on down there. Okay. So if it's like, for instance, if you get into the car or you get out of bed Mm -hmm. and you have excruciating pain, Mm -hmm. yes, that's often a sign of pelvic girdle pain. Okay. And so you should check with your doctor because, I mean, it's a little late in the game, but physical therapy can help. Mm-hmm. It's basically everything, all your ligaments are loosened up and your pelvis has less support. Right. And especially in a second pregnancy because in the first pregnancy, there's more support from your abs. That, mm-hmm. Let's face it, there's no way to get 100% of that support back from your abs. Mm-hmm. 
even if you're in really, really good shape, it takes a toll. Oh, absolutely. So each pregnancy tends to be a little more painful than the last one um, in terms of those aches and pains from from the lack of, you know, your uterine muscles are laxer, your abs are laxer, and as a result, there's more pressure mm-hmm. on, on your lower back and on your pelvis. So wearing um, a, a belly support, I don't know if you wear one. I have one. But I, I don't really wear it. I have one, but I don't really wear it. Why don't you wear it? it I don't find it comfortable. And you then have PGP, I still PGP though. Yeah, but then I still hey, get wait, the. Hey, wait, Shane, but you have a book and don't read it. So <laughs> that's true. <laughs> hey, we're talking about Alex right now, Heidi. <laughs> <laughs> but it's very much the same thing. Oh, if yeah, I, I have it, I have calcium supplement. I just don't take it. Um, so I would try that, and also avoid like when you're putting sometimes when you put your shoes on or whatever you're you're kind of leaning on one side Mm -hmm. don't do that sit down to do that you know and when you're getting out of bed roll gradually over instead of you know suddenly getting out of bed getting into the car you can even put like a plastic bag or something on the car seat so that when you you can slide in (laughs) instead of (laughs) (laughs) i'm serious no i Um, like it i like it it's like a shoehorn for pregnant women (laughs) try the the belly support because that that actually that actually could help a lot and check with the doctor because i mean there are things that Mm. you can can do you know heat and ice Mm-hmm. You know, one or the other might help. Okay, but it's okay. a, it's a, it's a. You're doing heavy lifting, so I mean, it's not no surprising. Kidding. Yeah, no and there's kidding. a lot of pressure on your pelvis because you're carrying low. What are some chores I can get Alex to do? <laughs> <laughs> and this is for even when she's not pregnant, by the way. So, so the mental chores are out of the question, of course. Mm-hmm. Like we don't oh, want to yeah. touch her with the budgeting. No, you both know. Um, <laughs> no, I think I think she she should listen to her body and you should listen to her body. And for now, you know, just take it a little easier than usual. I will. <laughs> oh, her. <laughs> uh, and, you know, the one thing you don't want to do, though, is carrying Lucy. Right. It, you know, it's hard to do. So don't hard. say it's because of the baby, because that, that's like setting up sibling rivalry you want to oh i have been saying yeah that. just blame it on your back, i gotta stop mom. saying that because i've been telling point. lucy that every morning okay oh good tip see then she's gonna yeah she's gonna be like <laughs> this baby mm-hmm. no that's a great tip and i so i i appreciate that by the way before we kind of to close out this interview i was hoping because i was reading online about the what to expect project and it just seems mm-hmm. like an incredible initiative and i was hoping that you could kind of explain that uh, for the listeners you know i've been a, a mom on a mission since the first day uh, you know i know i didn't set out to write a best-selling book I, all i hoped to do was help other parents sleep better at night than eric and i had um so the, the mission <laughs> has uh has grown exponentially mm-hmm. But it hasn't changed since that day. So, you know, there's so many people that you can reach through books and even through an app. And then there's lots of moms around the world who need that support and information even more than we do. Like, we'd probably be okay, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. We have doctors and, you know, so we, we'd get through um, and probably have a healthy pregnancy. But lots lots of moms 
don't have even the medical support that they need mm-hmm. um, and certainly not the social support that they need. And so we started the What to Expect Project to um, to support those moms around the world. And, and hopefully to we work in all kinds of at-risk populations. Uh, we have a book called Baby Basics that that's a low literacy pregnancy guide that that's you know easier to read and that's distributed free. We've given away like I don't know a million and a half copies, wow. but also just making sure that moms get the care that they need because too many moms die as a result of mm-hmm. preventable complications. Uh, Eight hundred die per day oh my God. around the world. So yes, we we have a lot to work a lot of work in Canada, of course, maternal mortality is great. Um, in the US it's pretty dismal. Actually it's terrible. And in countries around the world. So the the idea is to lower that maternal um, mm-hmm. mortality, but also, you know, to empower moms around the world who don't feel empowered. And so we have lots of initiatives. I have an initiative called Special Delivery that I do with the USO that supports military moms around the world because they're feeling, you know, they feel very isolated and alone oh, yeah. during their pregnancy. But, the, you know, the bottom line is every mom needs support mm-hmm. and every mom deserves that support and every mom needs the care that she needs to deliver, you know, a healthy beginning and a healthy mm-hmm. future for herself and her baby. So that's what the What to Expect Project is about. That's, that's amazing. amazing. And yeah. I love how you take empowerment in so many ways, not only into the writing of your book, but kind of how you disseminate all your resources. So to help empower our listeners mm-hmm. who are pregnant or who might be pregnant in the future, where can they find your books, your audio recordings, your website? Where can they find oh. more about this? But first, tell us oh, about Bump Day, please, because I, 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 we've been emailing about that, yes. <laughs> bump Day is coming up July 22nd. It's our fifth uh, Bump Day, and it's so easy to participate if you've ever had a bump, if you currently have a bump, if you know someone who had had a bump, uh, you, your partner has a bump. Is this for women only? Do men bumps count? That's a serious question. Um, you know, we have had some men post their bumps, so I'm I'm <laughs> certainly not going to turn away a bump. Okay, that, that would be Good to that know. would be sexist. But um, you post a bump a bump photo, past or present, with hashtag Bump Day on July 22nd, and write a message about you know moms and how how they all deserve uh, the care that they need to deliver a healthy baby. Right. So, and that's the hashtag simple. Bump Day. Hashtag bump day. That's all you do. Post on July 22nd with any bump, all your bumps, past and present. That's amazing. We're in. in. Yeah. So you're in, right, Alex? Oh, 100%. What am I, I, chopped liver? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) You're in too. I'm in. Now, how do do people contact you? Like, what's the best way? Do you want people to follow you on Instagram? Is it your website? Um, I ha- I'm on Instagram and uh, it's at Heidi Murkoff. I'm on Facebook. You have to like me. It's a little high school, but that's <laughs> at Heidi Murkoff as well. Um, and of course, what to expect at what to expect. And you can find my books anywhere, really. And you, you have a new book coming out. I have a new book coming out called Eating Well When You're Expecting. It's actually a second of edition, second edition of a, a book that's out now. I have What to Expect Before You're Expecting, which is the prequel to What to Expect. And then I have uh, Expecting First Year, Second Year. So there's lots of books. They're all on Audible. (laughs) And then I'm also starting a podcast because, right, all the cool kids have podcasts, right? 
Absolutely. So um, that'll be starting around the third week of July as well. So, yeah, I keep busy. And the most important thing that I do is hug anyone that I can get my hands on. And that's been frustrating these days because <laughs> I haven't been able to hug anyone. Right. Um, and what's your podcast called? What to expect to listen to, to when expect. you want a podcast? Oh, okay. What to expect? <laughs> what to expect? The podcast. Oh, nice, perfect. Yeah. Well, Heidi, we are sending you so many virtual hugs because this has well, been. I'm sending a... you so many. Thank you. This has been honestly such a great conversation, and we are truly so happy to have had you on. We will be listeners of your podcast. One hundred percent. Well, I, I'm listening to yours right now. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, we, we we totally appreciate your time today, and uh, we hope that you have a great rest of your day. Okay. Well, have a great rest of your pregnancy. <laughs> thank you. I'll try. <laughs> okay. Bye, bye, Heidi. See ya. Okay. Bye. All right. So that was Heidi. What are we thinking here? That was so much more fun than I thought it would be. I was already like I was honored to be able to talk to her because of who she is in the motherhood and pregnancy world. But I didn't think she'd be like just so personable, so much fun. She like was that the was first hilarious. Person to say penis on national uh, television. We got to look that up. This that's <laughs> fast. I hope it's true. <laughs> well, I don't even know because I was like, is it true? She's like, I think so. so. <laughs> We're looking it up because that that's amazing if it is. But yeah, Heidi was like a ball of knowledge and fun energy. I loved it so much. And from uh, a different ball of energy and fun, we're going to Maya. So Maya is actually, uh, I did not know that she was going to be so bubbly. And she <laughs> she almost reminded us, uh, uh, she almost reminded me of our daycare provider. In oh, a way. Brenda. I, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The so same nice. kind of love, like the same kind of warmth when you talk to them. You get it just from their voice. Yeah, so I really uh, had a smile on my face this entire time. Mm -hmm. We ran over some, uh, I call them sandwich boards. What are they called? Message boards? Letter boards. I I went over some letter board options with her, and it was such an honor for her to actually select which ones worked and which ones didn't. got approved, yeah. Let's go to that interview with Maya right after this. We are supported by Hey You. Hey You. Hey You. It's a great reality streaming service. And how you spell that is H-A-Y-U. A plus Shane. Thank you. Hey You super serves reality fans. It delivers thousands and thousands of hours of top reality content curated in one place, which as a postpartum woman who spends the entirety of my day breastfeeding is pretty much heaven. There are over 8,000 episodes from 300 reality shows. Our favorite is Vanderpump Rules, and I don't want to let any secrets out here, but we may be getting a member of the show on the pod, so look out for that. Very exciting. Million dollar listing, keeping up with the Kardashians, and also Real Housewives. So basically, they will have your favorite. One of our favorite things about it is that it lets you catch up. So like we started Vanderpump Rules like season three. And then since we've been at home in quarantine, we've been able to watch everything from season one. I started it season one. I introduced you to season three. Yeah. Uh, Semantics. Point point (laughs) is you get what she's trying to say. It is so fast. Most episodes are available the same day that they come out on TV. And it is so easy and risk-free to sample. All you need to do to get started is go to get.heyu.com slash the family and you can begin one month for free plus if you sign up this week with get.heyu.com slash the family then you'll be entered to win a year free subscription and i've got a secret for you you've got a very good chance of winning this i don't know how many people are actually typing in the i think people are signing up for hey you I don't know if they're listening to the instruction to follow that link. So I'm going to say you have like a one in five chance 
of winning a year subscription. It's so pretty good. Here's the thing. Sign up for the month. See if you like it. You can cancel if you don't. But during that month, you could also win another 12 months free. So this is the most risk-free contest of all time. I implore you to do it. You're basically wasting money if you don't. So get to it. All of HeyU's content is ad-free. You can play your shows through the HeyU app, Amazon Prime. You can watch on your mobile phones, your tablets, your computers, and your smart TV. So get to HeyU, watch anytime, and enjoy the binging. And after that free month, it is $5.99 a month? Yeah, like the same as the fancy coffee. Or one of those fancy smoothies, which Lucy is loving making <laughs> smoothies. Is. That's why I'm saying it like that. And we are also supported by... By Miku. So the Miku Smart Monitor is what we're currently using for Betty. And it is the one monitor that actually gives me peace of mind at nighttime. Which is the probably the hardest thing to get when you're dealing with a newborn. Even with your second child, you still get that same fear that you think you might not get with the second time around. Yeah, Shane... Comparing postpartum now with Betty to postpartum with Lucy, our firstborn, which period was I less of a witch? Well, that's hard to say, <laughs> but honestly, we, I've been praising how good uh, Betty is as a baby. But really what I think it is, is your peace of mind is so much better now because, of, or large in part because yeah. of Miku, that we're thinking Betty is a better baby. When in reality, they're very similar babies yeah no but i actually have been getting more sleep it has totally changed my perspective of postpartum and i actually feel so good considering these and days. the miku actually makes fries <laughs> i wish that would take part in my nighttime cravings <laughs> but list off all the fancy technical stuff all right so they use sensor fusion technology to give you the most accurate sleep and breathing monitor ever there's no physical contact unlike other monitors like, what do you mean physical contact? Well, like if you look at certain other monitors I won't mention that are also high tech, the baby actually needs to wear something to monitor their breathing. That's annoying. I know. But Miku just does that through their camera, which is really incredible. And it works with your smartphone to alert you when there's changes to your baby's vitals and the nursery conditions, which again, super helpful, especially we're experiencing a really hot summer here. So the second that temperature goes too high, I can pop in and turn on the fan. There's crypto security, so no hacking, and HD photo and video, amazing night vision, lullabies for Betty to fall asleep to, and it honestly goes on. It's, it's just such a good monitor, and we have come to rely on it so heavily. Jeez, I didn't even think about those hackers spying on those babies. It's, yeah, Shane. That's insane. Okay, well, no hackers for us. <laughs> so if you want to get some peace of mind when your baby is sleeping, you can go to mikucare.com. Use the promo code ThisFamilyTree20 for $79 off. 79 big ones. That is huge. And a monitor is such an important investment. So use this. Save yourself a little money. But this is for the U.S. website only. So this yes. is for our U.S. listeners for now. If you're a Canadian listener, please message us because we are trying to get this on the Canadian site also. So please Very true. So go get one if you are from the U.S. and get a little peace of mind. And now we're interview with Maya. Hey, Maya. Hi, guys. Hey. How are you? <laughs> Great. How are you? <laughs> we are so good, and we're so happy to have you on this Family Tree podcast. So thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. I'm so flattered and honored and excited. <laughs> I'm very happy. Thank you. <laughs> so are we, because you are the OG letterboard mom, essentially. Oh, my God. Right? <laughs> 
I think so. <laughs> so do you know if you're actually the first person to start doing this kind of thing or did you, you are? Yeah. Yeah. No, I am. I am. Yeah. That's insane. Okay, wait, so, wait, I yeah. have to ask. Okay. So why letter boards and how did the idea come to you? Okay. Here we go. <laughs> um, when I when I was pregnant with my first daughter, I was like completely oblivious four years ago of what motherhood looked like, right? I mm-hmm. thought it was everything that I saw on Instagram and the beautiful, uncluttered, spacious houses with white walls and babies that slept through the night and moms that bounced <laughs> back postpartum like in a week. And I was in for like, oh my goodness, I, it was so different with me. And I was so frustrated for a whole year because my daughter had really, really, really horrible colic for four months, oh. almost broke my marriage. It was so difficult and I was so frustrated, right? I thought I thought the problem was me and I kept comparing myself to all of these women and tearing myself down because I didn't have the same life or I was doing something wrong because things were not working out for mm-hmm. me. They were just not. I was sad and didn't think that I was being the best mom that I could, but just because I was alone. So I was like, you know, I either embrace my mess and my chaos and try to find one person out there that might feel like me, mm-hmm. then just try to be someone that I am not. And letterboards were becoming a trend in these beautiful white, like hipstery houses. And I thought they were beautiful. And my husband gave me one for Christmas. And I was like, you know what? Let me put some funny situation or bizarre or common motherly that I feel like would make hopefully would make someone relate to it on a letter board and act it out. And I did. And it was, I don't know. It was crazy. (laughs) (laughs) So wait, just let me get, just so I can understand, because I'm obviously out of the loop. Right. So you said letter boards were becoming a trend. So when I, when you kind of revolutionized this, did you just revolutionize making kind of funny captions on the letter board? Yes. Gotcha. For, for okay. the motherhood community. Right. So they were a trend as in they were they have beautiful uh, phrases written on them, sometimes even funny, but nothing related to motherhood. Mm-hmm. So I thought sometimes a picture says a lot, but sometimes if you have a picture and something that says it's written out in the picture, it has a bigger impact because you see right. everything without reading a caption. So I was like, you know what, let me throw something funny on there. And I think that my first post was about my sciatica, that my heart was full, I was so happy, but my sciatica was flaring. Right. And it was my first picture that got like over a thousand likes. I was like, what is going on? Like, why is this <laughs> happening to me? Why Why are people relating to my pain? And I just, I kept doing it and I'm doing it this day. And it is just so, it was so wonderful to find friends and create a community around honest motherhood and just talk about, you know, the struggles, the funny stuff, the painful stuff and not feel alone and have so many women that also don't feel alone. I don't know. It makes my heart very full to to be an instrument like that. It's really awesome. No, it's incredible. And I was going to ask you that. You kind of answered it there. But did you have much of a community before you got into doing this? Because I know that and like I saw it too, even though, mm-hmm. you know, when you started, I wasn't even thinking about having kids. Uh, uh-huh. But everything I saw in the motherhood community was that like very perfect mom type stuff, which has been yeah. long debunked. And your mm-hmm. humor and your captions and your wittiness through the letter boards have kind of revolutionized, I think, how the motherhood community is mm-hmm. presented on Instagram and through social media. So was the, 
I guess, the growth of your followership? Like, did that come after you started to, to do all these or did you have a followership beforehand? No, I did not. I have 800 followers when I did that first letter board. Wow. I wasn't trying to be an Insta mom or anything. I wasn't trying. I, w- I wanted pretty pictures of me and my kids online yeah. because that's all I knew. That's all I knew. And it's okay when women have pages that are beautiful and of course. not messy. It's, but it's also amazing to have all sorts of representations of mm-hmm. motherhood. So, yeah, I had, I had no, I didn't, I was not pretentious. I did not want to have a following. I just wanted to feel like I belonged somewhere because I couldn't find it anywhere. My parents and my whole family live in Brazil, and I was, I was feeling very alone here, and I didn't know where else to turn. So I turned to social media, and one day I just woke up to Cosmo magazine calling me, asking for an interview, and I was like, <laughs> "What is happening? I don't have an Instagramable house." Like, and I was very overwhelmed with all these feelings of like inadequacy and like imposter syndrome, and like, yeah. like I didn't deserve the attention, but. But it, I think today I look back and I see how special it was to make other women feel like they belong. Sometimes I hear with artists who strike it big with one really cool idea like Baja Men or Lou Vega with Mambo Number yeah. 5. And they feel like they just have yeah. this one hit and they grow to resent it. Do you yeah. find that has happened to you where you find maybe you're like locked in a, a box and you can't stray away from the letter boards? Or do you have no desire to even do that? Right. I, I thought that since I started out of boards when I was pregnant with my second, which happened immediately after I had my first. You have Irish we'll twins, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. You don't sound Irish, though. No, it's Irish twins. Oh, no. I know, I'm kidding. Oh, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I'm not Irish. I'm <laughs> Just a little humor here. Yeah. But yeah. Oh, I forgot what I was saying. Oh, yeah. So I, I was like, you know, when, when my pregnancy, when my baby is born, it's probably going to, you know, out and just no one's gonna care about it anymore and probably I won't either but I was like what if I start you know not only talking about pregnancy which which is what I was doing at the time I won't talk about pregnancy let me just talk about you know having kids close together and having Irish twins and being tired and sleep deprived and all those things and for a while I, I thought that I was locked in a box you know after like six months after that but then I started you know, spacing out the letterboard, especially because I feel like it's very saturated right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, not in a bad way. Um, I mean, it's great that everyone is expressing themselves, but I was like, you know, maybe I'm, I can be creative other ways. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's when I started diving deep into my captions and really trying to translate my feelings and trying to express exactly what I was saying. And usually people don't care so much about my pictures, but they care about what I have to say because I try to be as honest as possible and as vulnerable as possible, although sometimes it's hurtful. But yeah, I definitely, I, I was and still am trying to be creative in other ways besides the letter work, but it, it's still my number one passion. <laughs> yeah, well, you're so good at it. And I was curious, so I read that you had a background in uh, communications and advertising. So yeah. do you think that helped inspire you or did you see the inspiration like was it mainly from like seeing those letter boards you know in people's homes that looked beautiful because you're just so good at it and to me it's like (laughs) that must come from you know somewhere else rather than just kind of seeing a photo yeah were you a copywriter no no I think that I was always very creative creative I I cannot do math at all <laughs> but I was always very creative and I, I played you know instruments and I sang throughout my, my adolescence and I was I could only express myself through art and I feel like you know putting pictures together and creating and thinking about ways to express my feelings as a creative person I think that that's why I ended up 
going to school for advertising and communication. Mm-hmm. And that only made me, it gave me more information and education and, on how to work with brands and things like that. But that was like 11 years ago. Like I had no clue that I would move to America, marry a German and have babies <laughs> and talk about being a mom. I had no clue. And that's crazy God's ways were. It's so crazy. No, I'm actually uh, surprised that you are Brazilian because I saw the last name and I was like, oh, okay. Like, is she from Germany or is she living in the States? And I didn't know. Right. But the, yeah. <laughs> but I want to ask, because you said how, you know, you try to be creative in different ways because the social media around motherhood right now is so oversaturated with mm-hmm. what you started, right? Letterboards. And it's funny because right. when I first got involved on the internet with like publicly, it was just about mm-hmm. like what, two years ago. And I was like, oh man, I was looking at the letterboards and I'm like, I get that this is a thing, but this isn't something mm-hmm. I can do. Number one, I'm not witty enough and I'm not clever <laughs> enough in writing like, a, you know, a short, funny caption that people are going to relate to. Mm-hmm. My creativity comes in different ways. Plus, I kept mm-hmm. seeing the same things over and over again right i started following you shortly after because i was like okay i don't see Uh these around too much and this this woman seems you know genuinely funny and then i started realizing everybody's just copying you they all come from you so i want to ask if you think that this is a problem or if you think that this is a good thing because essentially like they're plagiarizing you Right. So I think that in the beginning, it rubbed me the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Um, especially I felt like it was such something so mine and so like adjusted to like my family and my situation. And of course, I was loving that people were relating. Mm-hmm. But some people were taking my exact like what I wrote. They were all my own words. I don't take quotes from Google. I just come up with whatever I'm feeling at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, in the beginning, it rubbed me the wrong way. But when I started like spacing them out and trying to not care too much because it's the internet, you know, Um, let them do their thing. I will do mine. I will pour my heart out on the captions and things like that. And I guess so many people told me that it's a form, you know, of flattery. At this point, I think it's so saturated that no one has any idea that I started. And I'm fine with it. I'm totally fine because I think that what what I got out of that letterboard trend was so much bigger than credit. I got, you know, my confidence, I developed confidence that I never had before. Mm-hmm. I met women that encouraged me and supported me throughout all of my, you know, my both my pregnancies after my first and that built me up and that prayed for me or that told me that I could do it or that I wasn't alone, that I, you know, credit can just, you know, I really don't mind at this point. And I just want to keep being a part of the community mm-hmm. because I think it's so important for my mental health and for all of you know the women that look up to me because I feel like I have a responsibility, mm-hmm. right. I just I'd, I'd rather focus on ways of making those women feel like they belong than just you know oh credit to Maya I don't care at this point. <laughs> right. Okay, Maya, we're just gonna take a quick break. We are supported by Hungry Buddha. When hunger strikes in between meals, what are you to do? And hunger is striking for me a lot because this baby is breastfeeding a lot. Well, well, what I've typically been doing is grabbing an Oreo throughout the day. I tell myself (laughs) I'm only going to grab one Oreo. Then I grab two. Then at night I have two more. And before I know, I'm having so many like unhealthy calories throughout the day. Yes. And I've been doing the same thing until recently when we brought home a big package of Hungry Buddha Keto Bars. They come in several flavors. We have the chocolate chips, the coconut cocoa, and the espresso brownie. My favorite being the chocolate chips. 
I could eat these things all day. In fairness, I haven't tried espresso brownie yet, but I'm very excited to dig in. You're going to love it. These bars are missing something that the other bars do have. What's that, Shane? That weird aftertaste that some of these keto bars tend to have. This bar does not have it. Yes, I agree. That's one thing that stops me from enjoying protein bars, keto bars, is that weird taste. So it's like when you're eating the Hungry Buddha bars. You feel like you're going into your cabinet to grab an Oreo. But in fact, they only have one to two grams of sugar. Wait, wait, we got Nona here. So Nona is Italian for grandmother, and this is Shane's stepmom. Nona, we are so happy that you are here with us to review the Hungry Buddha Keto Bar. What is your favorite thing about it? My The taste. The taste? Yeah, it was delicious. Like, what kind did you have? I had the cappuccino brownie. Um, yeah. It's, it's espresso brownie. Espresso brownie, yeah. Well, it tasted like cappuccino. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, espresso brownie. It was delicious. I'm so glad about that. And one thing that your husband, Shane's dad, would love about it is that it only has one or two grams of sugar per bar. Right, because he doesn't eat anything with any sugar, but having just one gram is perfect for him. There you go. You heard it first here, folks. Nona loves the Hungry Buddha espresso brownie bar. Nona approved. Thank you, Nona. Nona got that right. There are only one to two grams of sugar per bar, but there's also nine grams of plant protein, all clean ingredients, MCT oil for healthy fats, pea proteins, sunflower seed butter, and monk fruit. They're gluten-free, soy-free, nut-free, certified vegan, and non-GMO. And your dad loves them too. It's not just for Nona's. It's also for my dad, your dad. It's for Jaja's. Yes. Uh, But yeah, pick those up on Amazon. When we did it, they showed up within six hours. So Amazon's pretty on top of things. But now back to our interview with Maya. For people wanting to get into the letterboard world and maybe they're unsure if there's any rules or how to do it or what the messaging should be so they can do it right, are there any rules? Is it like, is there a level of snark or sarcasm or comedy? Or can you do like a, a political statement on a board? Or is there some things that you just right. you should or shouldn't do? I think that, of course, you can be creative and do whatever you feel like you have to do. I just feel like since it's a, you know, I don't post just to post it. That's the thing. I feel like there's so much information out there. And I feel like the platform that I have has to be used to make people either feel good or laugh. I, I, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't, there's just so much information out there. So every post that I, I post, I try, it's with an intent. Yeah. So, you know, I have to have taken stands before. I made a post on a letter board uh, to stop mom shaming. Right. Um, and that went viral too. And I feel like if you do feel like you have something important to say that is unique and that will help other people, that's what I think you should do. I just don't think you should just like post whatever you find on Google or whatever mm-hmm. other thousand letter board moms have posted just because you would want to make the difference being on social media, you know? But comedy does seem to be the secret sauce, regardless of oh, what yeah. you're saying. That's, right. that's what I think, why I think you have to be unique with the situation. I do think that everyone sees all the posts that are going around. So like, try to find more unique situations. I promise you, at least one person will relate to you. <laughs> You're not crazy. One person will relate to you. So you don't have to copy every single letterboard that you see out there. Yeah. That's why people kind of were like, oh, I cannot see another letterboard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they see the same phrase a hundred times. That you, being said, we have a little bit of well, a... I, well, wa- I want to say our journey mm-hmm. with the letterboard thing first before you get into that because sure. that relates directly to what Maya just said you know because when I first started I was kind of looking at them like I told you and I was like oh man mm-hmm. there's so many and everybody's using the same thing right but as a kind of challenge to so like Shane and I like to challenge ourselves to do certain things 
And our challenge mm-hmm. for the past couple months has been to, mm-hmm. like, I have never made a letterboard, Maya. Not once in my life have I even considered it, even my time on social media. Wow. Until recently. Until uh-huh. recently, because Shane and I challenged ourselves to see if we could make great letterboards and be able to get swipe ups. Well, because we were so Uh against them at first, just because we thought they were so hacked for the reasons we just discussed. But I was like, you know what, they work. So maybe we can do good Mm -hmm. ones that we actually like and not fall into not fall victim to the hack ones. Because my goal that I set for Alex, just so we have something to look forward to, Mm -hmm. is to have 10,000 followers by July 15th, which which is our next daughter's due date. So we have. Uh (laughs) Yeah, so that's that's the goal. Let's see if we get there. But we have five quotes on hold here. And we were wondering if you would be nice enough to maybe select one to be our next letter board. And be very clear about if they are not good, why it's not good. Okay. We will not take any offense, Maya. We are not pros at this. Okay, so I'm just going to go through okay. the five, okay. and I guess we can you can see if it's good or not. Okay, so the first one, <laughs> okay. it's going to be Alex holding the sign. It's going to say 33 weeks. That's how far along she is. And it's and it's, the uh-huh. sign would say, if you need me, dot, 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 call my husband. Okay. Got it. So that's one. Okay. <laughs> All right. So maybe not that one. Okay. Next, <laughs> next one. It's Alex again, looking a little distressed, uh, having a huge uh-huh. belly. Wait. Sorry, we got a beep here. We, we got a truck. Okay. The, the beep is stopped. So it's Alex looking distressed. Her big belly's out, and it says, "Please leave a massage after the beep." Uh-huh. Beep. Awesome. Okay. So that one's better than the first. Okay. I love it. I love it. Okay. So the next one is her again. It's always her with her belly up. It says, so it says, I have two brains, yet neither of them are working. Yes. Oh. Yes. You relate to that. You can relate to that. This is what we're looking for. Okay. We for. have two more. <laughs> okay. We have two more. Uh, then one says, lightning crotch, sore back, can't move, but she's worth it all. So this one's more of like a sentimental. Oh. Yeah, I definitely posted two of those for different pregnancies. I definitely did that. See, because so, I'm not, I'm not taking credit for your idea. What no, I mean is, Maya, sometimes you, you want to be funny, but you also want to be loving. You know, so I you, love it too. You need to take credit because here's the thing: that one was inspired by your sciatica one. <laughs> sciatica, oh, okay. sciatica, See, can't say it. I remembered. <laughs> okay, now this one is one I'm not sure of. It might be a little too risky. This one is our daughter holding up a diaper with a number two in it and saying, I'm too old for this shit. And the idea is that she can start potty training. She needs to she needs to stop using her diaper and start using the potty. Now, we're not sure if that one's too risque, but we thought we'd go for it and just see which one of okay. those you like the best and which one we should go with. I, I have two favorites. Okay. I think that the one that you said about the two brains, that's definitely 100% a go. Beauty. Uh, Because the thing is, although it is saturated, new people, new women are getting pregnant every day. So Mm -hmm. these women have not seen the old content and they are there to see things that they're going to relate to. So there's always new audience, right? I love the brain one. And, you know, not related to pregnancy, I love the potty training one. Yeah. Oh, wow. Because right now, every single potty training post that I have posted, even brand deals, they turned out so well because it is such a tricky, oh my gosh, it is such a, it can be very funny or it can be very frustrating. So laughing about it is the best way. I wouldn't use 
the the word just because I don't curse on my on my Instagram. Mm-hmm. But I think you should use it because <laughs> I will ask Yeah, it could be disruptive. So, oh my yeah. goodness. No, that's yeah, a, I, I love both of them. Well, thanks for your input. See, so we're we're not trying to get into this full time, but once in a while we want to have a real banger. So I appreciate oh, your absolutely. input. Yeah, you can always DM me and say, How's this one? <laughs> <laughs> what what is your most successful one of all time? My most successful one of all time. Letterboard. Um I think that up there is probably the Oh, I know which one, I think. The quarantine one. I posted after we started quarantining. Um, yeah, I, I posted a, a picture of my husband like holding the kids and like stickers on his face and like super overwhelmed and me holding the letterboard saying, "How do you do this every day?" Says say all dads since quarantine day one. So right, I got a great. little bit of a backlash on that one um, because you know a lot of people are saying, "Well, um, I'm a single father," or which is right. I totally respect it. Um, so I probably should have gone with my husband since quarantine one, so that I, yeah. you know. But that was I got like forty thousand likes for it. Oh wow. my god! Oh my goodness. Well, you're never, you're never going to make anybody, everybody happy all the same and time. And every anyway. and it goes to show you too exactly. how every word is so important, especially in copywriting. And sometimes mm-hmm. speaking a little bit wrong too can create that buzz also. Mm-hmm. But if it's good natured, exactly. who cares? You know, yeah. intent does matter. Yeah. You know, I always I always talk to my husband before every single post because since I am not American and English is not my first language, I don't ever want to offend one single person. So it's always worth it to have another person, you know, just read through it and make sure that you're not offending anybody because, you know, it's very easy to do that online. And that's the last thing I ever want to do. You know, that's something I, I totally respect you for, because even scrolling through your page, it is so mm-hmm. obvious that that is important to you. And it's hard yeah. to do like that takes so much concentrated effort to do. Like, honestly, I don't do that. I don't even try necessarily not to offend people because mm-hmm. I, I don't care in a lot of regards. But to be able to do that takes so much thought, so much passion towards, you mm-hmm. know, caring about everybody's well-being. And again, just being there to provide support, provide comfort and laughter to other women in the situation. And that's totally what exactly. I've gotten from your page from following you Mm -hmm. it always makes me smile thank you the one thing that i'm so curious about though Mm -hmm. is and this is the the thing i want to end up with how do you get your husband and your kids to pose in all those photos because you have elaborate setups and i cannot get lucy to smile at the camera for a millisecond right so here's the thing i'm gonna tell you a few secrets okay i've never talked about this before no one cares about the way i take my pictures but this is juicy okay so being doing this for the past three years has taught me so much in every single area of my life. First of all, to always think about the person who is reading because that's the person that I want to encourage. I'm not a life coach, but I firmly believe that God gave me this platform to be light and make a difference. So every post that I make, I have these mothers who can be single mothers, can be uh, married mothers, who can be whatever they are, they are listening to me and I have a responsibility to never offend those people and only lift them up. So that's number one that I always do. Um, Now, to get my family involved in the beginning, it was very, very um, draining for me because I feel like I made my kids cry probably for maybe a month or two. So um, I feel like, you know, when my daughters were very little and I wanted to get the perfect picture, even before I was semi-famous on Instagram, I look back and I cringe a little bit because, you know, they didn't want to do it. 
And I think that as they grew up, I understood that they were not choosing to do it by themselves. So I was like, you know, if they want to take the picture now, they do. If they want to smile at the camera, if they don't want to smile at the camera, I'm going to try again tomorrow. So getting into that mindset really, really helped me um, take the pressure off of myself because I cannot force my children to do something like that. Um, and I always try to make it very exciting for them. So I would be like, oh, who wants um, to change their clothes and take a picture? <laughs> at the end, I have a surprise. So this is my thing. At the end, I have surprise. So I have either a lollipop that they haven't seen. I always have chocolate in storage that they haven't seen. I have stickers or we go, you know, we're going to go to Target to get some cake pops. Usually um, it's bribery. Right. <laughs> Everyone has the price. They love yeah. It. Don't give it. Yeah. Right. They love it. They love it. Zoe says no to a picture. I do not take it. I wait a few hours or I wait for the next day. I have to respect her. But now they're at a point where they really enjoy it because they know they're going to get something out of it. And my husband... <laughs> I feel very, very grateful for him because the stuff that I have made him <laughs> do is just, you know, and you know what he always, Kim is like a little, he's a little puppy. He's like the pure soul in the whole world. And, and he's always said, he says, is that what you want him to do? And I'm like, yeah, would you? And he's like, is it going to make you happy? And I said, yes, but only if you're comfortable. And he says, you know what? This is, you know, your job. I'm gonna fuck it up. I, and then he says, "I'm man, I'm a man enough to do this." So I'm like, "Oh, I like it. Okay." <laughs> Including the Halloween costumes. Last year, I did. All of us were um, Rachel Green. Looks that Rachel Green wore in Friends. That's and genius. He was obviously one of the Rachels. And I thought he was amazing. And um, I had to bribe him a little bit, but he did it. He loved it too. I like that you're bribing not only your kids but your husband. Right. Exactly. Sometimes it's food and sometimes it's something else, but it's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> and Maya, honestly, I, I, I'm going to wrap it up, but I, I truly want to thank you for joining us today. And it's so clear through this call that like you're a total ray of just like joy. And that's oh evident goodness. not just in your Instagram page, but through this conversation. So I want to thank you for that. And if people want to go find you and check out the OG Letterboard Mama and one of the OG mom bloggers at all, where can they find you? Thank you. Um, on Instagram, it's Maya Vorderstra. Vorderstra with two S's. It's a hard name, but when you put Maya V, I'm pretty sure it's going to come up. <laughs> um, I'm really, really, really honored. Thank you so much. You guys are so fun. And congratulations on your new baby. I cannot wait to see her little face. And Aww. I'm here. I'm here to test out your letterboard. Anytime. Hell yeah. Anytime. Thank I you love so that much we have you on our side right now to be our coach. Thank you. 10,000 followers. Here we come. And you have a great day. Here we come. Take care, Maya. Thank you. You too, guys. Bye. Bye. There you have it. Maya, the legend herself. Borderstrass. Borderstrass. Well, I thought- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, I thought you were saying... Maya, and then the nickname would have been the legend herself, but that doesn't make any any sense. Again, guys, just had a baby. Cut me slack, Shane, okay? <laughs> so that was a good interview. It was awesome. And, yeah, we're going to, or we have, by this point, tried Maya's letterboard ideas, and, well, the ones that she approved for us, essentially, and they killed. Home runs. Yeah. Thanks, uh, Maya. Okay, so last episode, we actually had an amazing Q&A session the oh, yeah. mic wasn't working. I stayed up to like midnight editing the pod. It cut out and typically I would have almost I would have re-recorded it and tried to recreate the magic, but F it. That's in the past. We're going to try on. to have a good new Q&A session. This is the part of the show where we take listener questions and try to give either our advice or what else. Whatever we got. Whatever now, we got in our back pocket. 
Let's see. Is what you're getting. Okay. First question. Ways to feel connected to your partner when you can't, and I quote, bone jam. What does bone jam mean? I think it means sex. I know. I'm kidding. Um, ways to feel connected? If you're in a long distance relationship, one has COVID, if one or has... Or if you just had a kid and can't have intercourse for six weeks. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I For me... Sex is just how I, not to get too graphic here, but get off. And what I can't say that, I thought that was the most palatable. <laughs> yeah, but how I feel connected is through just hanging out and chatting and watching Seinfeld, you know? Yeah, but if you want to be less boring than Shane's idea, other stuff. Like if you. Ping pong? If you're in a situation where it's like us, where you've just given birth and you're still together, but you can't have vaginal sex i guess do other things that are sexy and fun yeah exactly like whatever whatever kind of sex that doesn't include where you are hurting and that can be lots of ways sex doesn't just have to be vagina and penis but Um, closeness just doesn't have to be sexual either like no but i'm just saying like if a board game can be very Absolutely, but, I, but I'm just thinking like if they are in a position like if somebody that did just give birth or something and they still have those feelings and want to be connected in that way, there are so many things you can do. And then aside from that, if it's a long distance relationship or if it's just that one partner's sick. Or yeah. massages. If it's a close relationship but it's oh. that the vagina is injured, massages are a good way to feel Massages close. are amazing. Put on some nice music. Leon Bridges, I like. Oh, that's our go-to massage guy. And honestly, you can have the nicest. So I want (laughs) to... I just pictured Leon rolling up. Who needs a massage? I would love... I I hope I dream about that tonight. Can I say that? I guess. Say whatever you want. (laughs) It's just going to enrage me. Um, But, okay, so for our massage nights, and I, I will say, like, the best sleeps you get after a massage night you dim the lights put on some cool lighting we have this like really cheap what do you call those that light that we have disco light yeah we have a really cheap like disco ball light thing we bought it at a dollar store so she's not joking when she says it's cheap and it just emits like a bunch of different kinds of yeah but it's so groovy i'm gonna say and uh so we put that on get the music going get the oils going and it's i don't know it's a beautiful connected night yeah it's better than sex all right how to get your newborn to sleep independently lol sos well we're there too and not at the point where we can start really thinking about her sleeping independently because she does have to share a room with us for a little while but if you mean just like putting her down so she's not only sleeping when she's on you. Lucy did that and we really fed into that I think by not paying attention to her wake cues uh, or sorry her sleepy cues and her wake windows and we just kind of let her fall asleep when she wanted to. As long as I was feeding her every three hours that was the only thing I really really measured. But with Betty we are really paying attention to how long she should be awake for when she's starting to feel sleepy. And then if we get her ready for bed in those moments like when she starts to get tired eyes and listen to our podcast with Taking Care of Babies for this because Kara gets into it more. But if we swaddle her, get her fed, get her in you know a comfortable position then she does just fall asleep on her own whereas Lucy did not. So I, I would recommend taking a look at taking care of babies or talk to a different sleep consultant and they will have lots of ways to help you. Next off, the transition. 
I'm due in February with number two and so scared. Breastfeeding with a toddler running around, dot, dot, dot. It's hard. Right now, it's kind of nice because Shane's off on paternity leave and uh, then he's taking all his vacation time all in one chunk to I get five days here. paternity leave so yeah but then you're you got all your vacation days yeah it's more vacation time with a yeah. little <laughs> paternity uh paternity garnish <laughs> and honestly if that's not on the cards for you and your partner can't be there get help elsewhere if you can't get help elsewhere and I was talking to a friend about this recently do whatever works do whatever helps you survive the day she had the TV on constantly. She wouldn't have survived without it to keep her toddler safe while she was keeping her newborn fed and allowing herself to recover. It's a really difficult thing and you're just going to have to do whatever it is that works for you and your family. How to talk to your infant versus your toddler. I don't really talk to the infant in real ways. I just like I'm like, oh, you're the most precious thing in the world. <laughs> you are an angel sent from heaven. And I'm just very calm. Like, the, you don't even need to speak English with a an infant. It's more just gentle tones. And with the toddler, I'm just, hey, no, no, Lucy, don't do that. You're not always so stern. No, I'm not. <laughs> but I'm just saying in, like, emergency moments, I'm like that. And with Lucy, I talk, you know, a little bit. Like I'm a kid, I become, I go to her level, but I also am the really mature kid who's a little bit wiser than her. So we just have fun, and I I only become an adult when she's breaking the rules, and yeah. I try to be at her level when she's being good because I want to have fun with Lucy. Yeah, well, I think as far as vocabulary with both kids, and when Lucy was an infant too, we use a full vocabulary. I don't think we we ever really use. Like, we never use baby talk or anything like that. So we still use a full vocabulary. But the thing that changes is your tone. You're not going to talk to a newborn baby or a toddler like Shane and I talk to each other. And we were talking about tone earlier in this episode. You're not going to give somebody a boring tone if they're two years old or if they're a week old. Yeah, like, like for instance, tonight I'm putting Lou to bed now. And her big game right now is going over all my tattoos and asking me what they are. And I have a bison on my chest. So most kids don't know what a bison is, <laughs> but I didn't dumb it down. Lou asked me what it was on my chest, and I said, oh, it's a bison. I wasn't like, oh, it's like a big furry dog <laughs> with lots of hair. I'm just like, no, I'm going to say bison. And now she goes, bison. She knows yeah. it's a bison. So sometimes we think kids don't know or won't be able to retain things because they're not the normal, classic, simple things that kids know. Like if kids know what apples are but if there's a really fancy fruit and it's like that's an or whatever an arugula is and i'm like that's an arugula lou lou is perfectly capable of going arugula so next time we're at the grocery store i will teach shane and lucy what arugula is mm-hmm. yeah nothing's off off limits like you know heck we showed her betty coming out your vagina we're not scared to show things and say things that might be a little bit beyond her comprehension because yeah. that's how kids learn because if they're not being told things beyond their comprehension. They're just being told things they already know constantly. And, and I think that helps also encourage them to ask questions and want to learn more. But yeah, that's always how we've done it. And it's just been an intuitive thing. But it we like it. And Shane, speaking of tattoos, we had a question here saying, Shane, you have a Lucy tattoo. Will you also be getting a Betty tattoo? Yeah, I was planning on getting it before... COVID. COVID struck. And with Lucy, I got I Love Lucy on my arm before she was even born. So I it, I didn't even know if I would love her. I obviously, <laughs> I thought I would. But with Betty, I was going to, I had this tattoo picked out of Betty from the Archie comics. Betty Cooper. Yeah. 
Is that her last name? Yeah. But it's this blonde girl, Betty. And now the way she popped out, I wasn't expecting her to have hair. I thought it would be blonde like Lou at like a year and a half later. But she comes out with this dark blackish brown hair. And now I'm rethinking the Betty tattoo. What do you think? I, I haven't considered that yet. I think that's an interesting take. But the vibe is the same. I used to read a lot of Archie comics, and I know this kid's less than a week old at this point, but she's got a Betty Cooper vibe. Kind-hearted, gentle, cute. You know what I mean? Okay. So it could still work, but I, I'm down for uh, exploring I just feel like too. Lou's going to be the blonde one, and she's going to be... The brunette. Yeah. Who, which one's the brunette in? Veronica. Veronica. Mm-hmm. Well, we will uh, we'll check out some other options. So, what does Lucy do while you're nursing and taking care of Betty? About to have number two and nervous. Again, yeah, it's a nerve-wracking thing. So glad that Shane is here. And if he wasn't here and it wasn't in COVID time, so I don't know when your baby is going to be coming or if you have access to daycare, but I think that I try to get Lucy to daycare like twice a week for sure. Um, in-laws, like let's not leave your parents. No, out. Your oh parents are lifesavers no, to us. They're lifesavers. And we do have a lot of help, but I'm just trying to think like if I didn't have help that would come to my house for free she's just asking what you you do right she's not asking for help right she just wants to know what you do yeah because but that's because she is having a second yeah so i'm just trying to say like if, if you have people to come and help you do that and like we said before you know rely on tv do things that all of you can do go for walks I don't know, awesome mom friends, like try to get out there and meet a mom group. Maybe somebody else is going to have kids around your age so <laughs> that they can... Mom group in COVID times? No, oh, right. Well, I was thinking like if it, I don't know where they live. It could be in a place that's like easing restrictions. But just because the restrictions are easing doesn't mean we should be throwing women <laughs> in the mom groups. Yeah, so get help if you can. And if you have the means to send your child to maybe part-time daycare. If I don't, don't know if family. I trust daycares, Alex. Well, like... Our daycare is pretty good because there's only. We're going to be sending Lou to daycare. No, we're, we're not because oh, you're so, home. Okay, <laughs> we would never, but our listeners can. Okay. No, well, I am also assuming that not all of our listeners are high risk, like me, right? So, <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. So our next question: COVID precautions that made your hospital experience different than last time. Two things stood out. One was that Shane had to wear a mask the whole time and I had to wear a mask whenever I was walking around the hallways like to get labor going, which was fine. Like did not bother either one of us. The hospital, actually the week that we gave birth had just changed their policy so that Shane could leave to get food and stuff like that. He could go home if he wanted to and then come back in. Whereas up until then, spouses weren't allowed to leave at all. If they were there, they were there. So it was nice because then Shane could go out, get us coffee and the other thing that changed it, made different than the last time, which I was so grateful for, was that nobody was allowed to come visit you. No visitors were allowed, and I personally think that they always shouldn't be allowed for <laughs> well, women just who a have little, just given birth. A little birth. backstory. My uncle showed up, oh. and he might have had a couple of beers, <laughs> and he's a smoker. So, you know, it wasn't... I'm not saying he was, like, hammered, but it was a little, like... he he. He was there for a longer time than... Sitting at the end of my bed. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, he, his intentions were good. Of course. Sweet, it's just sweet his... Sweet guy. Not the experience you want to go through when you feel like you got hit by a train and you're not wearing a shirt, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I don't think I properly he had... He wasn't on. wearing a shirt either, but that's another story. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I think it is so restorative for uh, new mothers to be left alone. 
and not have visitors in those like first 48 hours at the hospital because you see so many nurses and so many doctors and you're just trying to bond with your kid and take your first poop i don't like house visitors either unless it's like your best friend who you went to like kindergarten with (laughs) (laughs) or a family member anyone else is like stay home like yeah no i it's it's a hard first couple weeks and if you're the kind of person that loves it then that definitely would suck for you and i feel for you yeah i'm uh, just saying me yeah for other people everyone else go party after that kid like hang out for hours for shane and i and betty's birth i was so happy that uh we could just tell everybody that it was hospital policy and we wouldn't be lying so that felt good okay what do we got one more dad's perspective is this our last one yes well it's not but we can save the others there's lots tonight dad's perspective what goes through your mind when your partner is in labor See, I'm so confident in Alex. When Before I even went on our date with Alex, I was just like, she is like this crazy body. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Wait till he finishes the end of the sentence. <laughs> Meant for birthing. <laughs> no, but I, isn't that like, oh, is that an insult? I always thought it was like a compliment when somebody's like, oh, you got birthing hips. Is that not you, a You com- got birthing hips. You got them birthing hips? But your body's like... Like you're a very tiny person, but your hips are like, or your. Hey, I'm not. I'm, I'm taking it as comment. I'm not offended by that. I know yeah. people that would be, but hey, that's why we're together. Well, how you are, I'm attracted to, and I was always thinking, it's good that I'm attracted. <laughs> so, so, no, I'm digging holes, and I don't even mean. To. Okay, what I'm saying is, I always never, I never worried about you giving birth. Just because I was so confident that you're you're built so good. <laughs> Shane punched me in the shoulder as he said that, as if I'm like his really solidly built wrestling buddy, which he's about to say. But you are like a solid. And built. there's nothing wrong with that though. Like we just no. have podcasts where we talk about this, and no, I know it's good to be strong. I wish I was as strong as you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but but honestly. Don't you give birth really well? You know what? I I suck at pregnancy, but I think actually giving birth is one of my greatest strengths. Yeah, you're amazing at it. Yeah. I, I predicted you would be before, no. After, no. But during, <laughs> when that head is coming out, you're the Michael Jordan of that. Wait, what's the show with Elizabeth Moss? I've watched three full seasons of it. Uh, it's like... What's it called? Like women in the hell. The Handmaid's yes. Tale. <laughs> women in Hell was a good cue, actually. But if we lived in the Handmaid's Tale society, I think that they would employ me because I just spit out those babies like it's nothing. But yeah, I guess thank God we're not. <laughs> well, I'm gonna have to check that show out. I guess I don't really know the plot, but I guess I can assume it's they pay women to uh no no no. it's all forcible rape and stuff it's not it's not pleasant so it's a drama i take it <laughs> bingo yeah, okay um but thank you so much for listening folks before we sign off i just want to say that if you do enjoy this podcast which we love so much making for you uh please go to itunes and give us a rating give us a comment we totally appreciate it yeah, but most of the time they don't listen. I tell, We tell them, and then I check, the rating doesn't go up. But you did a swipe up today. I did. <laughs> I know. Blew up the ratings. Thank so. God we're over 10 Gs. Yeah, hit it. And thank you so much for listening to This, this Family, Family Tree, Tree Podcast, Podcast, episode 46. Bingo.